This is W T M. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. I drink it up. First, you gotta do the trouble shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W G M. Watch this movie. What day did you want me to release this? You said it's like Aussie Independence Day coming up. Australia. So when you broke the gates down in the prison or what? No. So when they built them. I will (laughs) happily leave you motherfuckers if you carry on about that day. You hear me? No, it's a day of colonization. It's seen as a very contentious day these days for the the lefties don't like it. Okay. It's apparently day they call it Invasion Day, which whatever. Sure. Well, who uh who founded Australia? Captain James Cook, mm. the great man himself, yeah. running back for the Buffalo Bills. Is he? <laughs> Fuck, brother he's right for his age. Brother of Delvin, <laughs> but he ain't black. They they still call him Delvin's brother, even though Delvin's <laughs> been kind of on the on the outs for like three years now. Yeah. Sure, Stu knows all about it. <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got um. A few side pieces and a few things I can fill you in about Perfect. this film. Perfect. Give us all the fun facts you can. Sprinkle them throughout. It, you, you might have to carry the episodes too, because I, <laughs> I don't know what to talk about. Gee, one. film about Melbourne where I live, <laughs> and film you guys don't know, but I've seen about eight thousand times. I think, yeah, I think that was coming. <laughs> I feel like this is payback for Die Hard too, <laughs> and, and Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> This is, this is what you call redemption and retribution. Now, I better start it now before we ruin everything. Welcome back to WTM. Watch this movie. I am Eric Mulder. J.C. Penny is coming here because of me. You ask anybody, they'll tell you. Joining me, per usual, is Mr. Positivity. Nice guy, Wolfie T? Question mark. I have to have a quiet when I do my illusions. What's up? I see you got a new handle on Twitter. Let us be the first ones to wish you a happy new year. <laughs> uh yes this is the first episode that we're recording in january but not the first episode that we're going to release this is episode 149 for january (laughs) uh that other voice you hear is none other than Stuart bulk from the midnight movie cowboys podcast how are you sir i'm sorry to say but i cannot hear a fucking thing up there I'm sorry, mates, but I just cannot fucking hear, and I'm lucky if I can even stay in time. <laughs> the ghost cast, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> that great, that great ghost cast, where it's released the f- episode every eight months. Hey, you hey, had you an episode know. dropped the other day. There, there are two episodes in the last month. I know, right? Must I don't know. A... I don't know if you were on the Phantasm one. I didn't listen to that one yet, but you weren't no, on the on last that. one. No, I wasn't on the last one. It was recorded and they said, oh, we just did an episode on um, Yarn Claw. I said, oh, that film I wanted to see. Thanks. No worries. <laughs> Get fucked. No, no, I didn't say that. I just said, um, uh, go ahead. No, actually, I apologize. They did say uh, we want to do an episode on Yarn Claw and it's still not out here. So I said, no, nah, just go ahead. Okay. I'll, um, I'll catch it whenever. What's, what's, what's wrong with you guys down there? Why don't you have it? Oh, I don't know. It's just been strange. It's We're getting stuff before America, getting stuff way after America. 
they're all about the place they are. But, um, you know, we have vowed uh, to put out more this year. 2023 was kind of a, you know, <laughs> put a black mark through it. It was not the best. Well, life gets in the way sometimes. And you can't, you know, you can't be as prolific uh, all the time. No, you can't. But when you've gone 13, now into your 14th year, man, you get tired. <laughs> you get really tired, you think. I started this thing when I was 38. I'm now just turned 52. I've gone a whole decade of the 40s. <laughs> through the end of the 30s, through the 40s, into the early 50s now. You think, <laughs> get this albatross off my neck, please. Yeah, it's always good to recharge. I need to do it too. I'm mm. sure Brett, even though Brett doesn't edit, I'm sure he still he likes the uh, few weeks break that we had. It was, it was oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, Brett's the John of, of, of his places. <laughs> ain't doing no fucking editing, man. That's, that's, why, I, that's why I stopped doing my other podcast. Because you had to edit the other one. Yeah. No. It was too time consuming. I didn't want to do it. it. Eric, when I rename this podcast, watch this moocher. <laughs> I've always called it Eric's podcast. I've never claimed it for myself. I, I've always claimed co-host status. Oh, it wasn't what you said when me and you were doing it. You was like, oh, God, thank God Mulder's fucked off for a few months. <laughs> Again, I wasn't editing, though. Actually, I was surprised because Eric's like, by the way, you have to do the podcast while I'm out uh, taking care of my baby. <laughs> I'm mm. like, what? <laughs> I'm pretty sure those words didn't come out of my mouth. It's like, by the way, you have to you, <laughs> you have to do the podcast with Stu while I take my break for uh, the birth of my child. <laughs> what? I was, I was just, you know, we recorded some, you know, episodes ahead of time, and I was just expecting it to go that way, just drop a couple episodes here or there over a couple of months. And then Stu, I don't know where you're like, hey, you want me to help run the show while you're gone? I was like, uh, yeah. No. No. <laughs> Shit, how do I tell him no? I'm trying to be polite here. <laughs> no, the uh no, it was great, except for that uh editing that three and a half hour repo man. Repo man. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of classic episodes, you you released a bunch from the archive. Uh I did listen last night to the one titled Jason Defense's Honor. <laughs> <laughs> and not to toot my own heart, but I was pretty funny on that one. <laughs> well, you ripped on Jason Moore. Does that the one where you made fun of his car? <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, I, I have to find the the other episode that preceded it because it was uh, there was there was one episode before that where like I made fun of him like his movie tastes, and then like he he had a, like a list of like grievances that he had to defend himself on. And that was the episode where he defended it. So he's like, like one of them was like, I, he didn't like old movies. He didn't like horror movies. And then he didn't like Prince. Uh, and he was trying to defend his stances on all those things. And I was just like making fun of him through the whole thing. <laughs> said, said the man with the Norbert poster behind him. Okay. No worries. <laughs> and, the, and the other fucking Hulk Hogan. What's that one? Oh. The Holds Bard? No, Holds Bard. Yeah, I couldn't read it. There you go. Uh, is... Stu, isn't there a uh, unpublished MMC episode with uh, Zolly? Maybe about video games or something? That's Hunter. 
those two did one, so I have no idea about that. So, but it hasn't been. Po don't they send it to you to post or? No, Hunter and I edit. It all depends. Okay. Usually, usually so I, I can blame Hunter for that one that hasn't been. Oh yeah, go oh, right ahead. Yeah. Um, same yeah. with the Iron Claw one. I didn't edit that at all. I was just out, and I thought, oh, okay. I mean, I knew about it was coming, but that was nothing to do with me at all. Hence why there was no Nez piece. If there's a Nez piece in there. It's me because I'll always tell Anthony, hey, Nez, give us a piece. And he'll sure. just knock one up. Yeah. Well, I even gave you the uh the pieces episode to post and it was all finished. You didn't even post that one. Nope. You guys that one is... 2020, 2023 era, mate. It was just <laughs> that was just a, a, a massive black mark. It was the it was the Bergies year of MMC. It was just not good. That was just as much of an MMC episode as it was a WTM episode. I will get it out if it helps. All right. Anywho, that's neither here nor there uh, today. Then why Parks. bring it up? <laughs> why bring it up? He's like an ex-girlfriend. I've got no grievance with you, Stuart, but well, why bring it up? No, I was uh, lamenting uh, the 10-minute long tangent now. On? I forgot that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a Jamaican. This thing, uh, I don't remember. <laughs> Anyways, but, today is what? It's Aussie Day? Australia Day. Australia Not Day. Today. Not today. Oh, sorry. Yes, it is Australia Day today. My mistake. Kayfabe that shit. It's Australia Day today. Yay! <laughs> so what is that, Stu? That is the, the great day. January 26th, where uh, we celebrate Australia. Being Australian and... um. Unless you're a particular political persuasion, it's a day of mourning, but not for my side. And what are some traditional Australia Day celebrations? Getting drunk, which I don't <laughs> do, but that is a big one. You consume a lot of alcohol. Beer, How is that different most... than any other day? <laughs> because you come even more patri patriotic today. Um Barbecues, but they're also very popular, as Mulder knows from my pictures I'm sending all the time about my barbecues. Barbies? The Barbie, of course. Yeah, Barbies, yeah. The BBQs. Then you go pick up some burgies. <laughs> Don't laugh. I'm going to... I will bring things up later on. All right. <laughs> about that. Is all there right. like big parades? You got fireworks or what? No, a lot of protests about... Abo's being oppressed <laughs> from particular uh, political persuasion people. Are they pulling um, a lot of statues down these days? Uh, not pulling them down, defacing them with, with red paint. Uh, mm. James Cook gets a, gets a whopping every year. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> like he gives a shit. Well, the Columbus statue in our neck of the woods got pulled down a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah, when they let those things be pulled down... You know, I didn't even know we had can't... one. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> honestly, I can I can assure you the Columbus statue would not have been pulled down by Ken's towing. He'd be too patriotic to do that. To not do that. <laughs> they can't pull it. it. Ain't worth pulling. That's right. Fucking oaf. <laughs> well, in honor of Australia Day, we are uh, suffering through an Aussie film that Stu picked out called Takeaway. You what? Take away, take it away. Oh, <laughs> suffering through. This one's going to be called Stewart Defense's Honor. 
getting back at <laughs> us for all those episodes on Crocodile Dundee and uh, Die Hard 2. This one's going to be called Stuart uh, Displaces Two People He Used to Call Friends <laughs> episode. IMDb claims it's a comedy. Can you believe that? <laughs> this is a film, I will tell you now, this is a film that is really very Australian and it's not going to market outside of Australia. But it's a reason why, in all, honest, in, in all um, seriousness, why I wanted you to watch it to get an idea how it would translate to an American audience. And I don't think it even got a release outside of the uh, out of outside of Australia. It might have got one in the UK, but I'm positive it didn't get one outside of uh, this country because well, it's you know, very I, very Australian. It's very Melbourne, actually. You know, I saw the synopsis. You know, I saw Rose Byrne was in it. And I thought, oh, this is going to be a corker, and then it just wasn't. You know? Yes, it was. <laughs> All right, let's I, let's get into it. I think I liked it more than Brett, so I'm just giving a, I'm taking the piss a little bit, but. I was going to say, IMDb says it was uh, released in Australia, Denmark, and Hungary. That's it. Then it's got a bunch of AKAs for uh, India, Poland, Russia, UK, USA. Okay. So I don't know if it actually got released there or not, but... Oh, I'm sure there was some sort of... It, well, it was done by the AFC, the Australian Film Commission. So um, it would have got some sort of release, I dare say. Did I write uh, box office wise? I think it pulled in nearly a million bucks and it wasn't made for that much. It would have been made for a fraction of that. Looks like it. Didn't lose. Uh, I don't think it would have lost much money. Would have made it more than anything. Directed by Mark Gracie. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Written by Dave O'Neill and Marco O'Toole. Starring Vince Colosimo as Tony Stellano, <laughs> Stephen Curry. Stephen, <laughs> not Stephen. <laughs> Stephen Curry as Trev Spackneys. Rose Byrne as Sonia Stellano. Nathan Phillips played Dave. Matthew Ditinsky. Ditinsky. As uh, the Burgie's manager. manager. Burgie's manager. Yeah. yeah, I can't get the fucking. It's all out of sorts here on my phone. Burgie's has to be the most Australian burger chain name they could think of. <laughs> 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 Tom Budge played Tarquin. Brett Swain was Ken. John Howard played the Burgie CEO. Nicholas Bell was Squire. Francis Greenslade was the innkeeper in the beginning. Sally Ann Upton was the innkeeper's wife. Any other people in the cast jump out at you, Stu? Or no, that's pretty out? much it, it. It's a pretty much a low key cast, except for the sort of three main leads. Not Nathan Phillips. He was brand new. This is one of his first films, so. Um, he was still relatively uh, relatively unknown. Um, okay, so with the cast, Vince Colosimo has been around forever. He was a, uh, a teen idol here, and I'll bring up some fun facts about him. Uh, so he's been around forever. He's unfortunately had a huge slide in the last couple of years with uh, drug habits and just I, when I watched this again last night. And I looked at him today on some recent newsreels. I thought, ooh, 
he's really aged, but that's the drugs kicking in. Um, and a lot of financial woes and owing like 60 grand worth of <laughs> vehicle fines and uh, yeah, yeah it just become a real mess. I really hope he gets back on his feet because, uh, yeah, he's had a pretty bad decline. Stephen Curry is very, very well known here. And this is when he was starting out. So he was in the industry about maybe five years by the time this came out. Rose Byrne is the other third lead. She was already start. She got well known pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Howard, who played the Boogies CEO, has been around for years. He's not. He's got the same name as a former prime minister, John Howard, but it's not him. Obviously, it's the actor John Howard. Uh, and that is pretty much it. All the others, like Tom Budge, was new. Matthew Titinsky was new. Dave O'Neill is a very, very funny man. He's done breakfast radio for years and years. Uh, I used to listen to him back on Triple R. Yeah, three Triple R in the mid nineties when he was with Dave Hughes and uh the other woman, I've forgotten her name. Uh, I've forgotten her name, but they were a trio. I know very, very funny as well. Kate Langbrook, that was it. So is breakfast radio just what you Aussies call morning radio? Or is that like a specific cool. show? No, no, just 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. breakfast radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, morning radio, breakfast radio. It's the same thing. They Depends on the channel. Depends on the person, really, what they want to call it. Because we have the breakfast club over here. <laughs> okay. But it's more of a West, Char- West Coast Charlemagne the God. <laughs> and uh, Mark O'Toole is Dave O'Neill's writing partner, who have been together for years and years writing stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's about in terms of the... Well-known ones. Okay. Uh, Synopsis for takeaway. Tony Stellano and Trev Spackneys both own, live, sorry, live over and work in adjoining takeaway fish shops in Melbourne. Fish and chips. Well, not fish shops. He's reading. I'm (laughs) reading what it says in IMDb. But you're not paying attention. So (laughs) it's a fish and chip shop. (laughs) Right. But he's reading what's written on the IMDb. Written oh, by but... a Yank who didn't pay attention. No, it's written by Anonymous. <laughs> yeah, anonymous. a Yank who didn't pay attention. <laughs> I doubt a Yank uh, wrote this. Although they have fallen into a habitual rivalry based on cause long forgotten, the pair unite when the multinational fast food outlet Burgies unveils a new store directly opposite the Twin Fish and Chips shops. Thumbs up. So this came out in 03. Now, have you ever seen the film Waiting? With Ryan Reynolds. No. I have. It's about... Uh, do you remember about, the name of the restaurant? It's about guys showing their wieners to each other. <laughs> yeah, and calling each other gay. Mm. And... I don't remember what wow. the restaurant... It's like a Applebee's or Chili's style restaurant. Yeah, but it's about the staff that work there. And it's the comings and goings. And it's basically the last mainstream Hollywood film that got away with throwing the F-bomb around. But... Um, it, it gave me kind of waiting vibes, but um, this one is obviously more of an Australian flavor, so maybe you can help us understand Takeaway. Did you see this right when it came out, like in theaters? or No, um, I didn't catch it in the theaters. I caught it on uh, the new format of DVD then. Um, our local video store would just start to get them in around 02, where VHS was transitioning out or being phased out and DVD was becoming the more mainstream 
uh, rental format in the store and, and Takeaway was one of them. So I rented it out and I thought, okay, I like Vince Colosimo, I like Stephen Curry, uh, Roseburn, obviously any, any straight man would not, you know, not want to see her in a film. Ooh, but I love to jump on her bones. Mm. So are they, were they uh, on TV shows that you watched at the time or? Stephen Curry, uh, Sort of did tell he did some television. It started to break into films. Vince Colosimo, like I said, has been around really since. Um, well, if you for those who listen to the MMC and know, I remember the episode I did, the Ozpoy Nation episode I did, moving out. That was Vince Colosimo's first film. Mm. When but he was only about thirteen, about thirteen or fourteen at the time when he did it. Um, then he did a film in nineteen eighty four called Street Hero, which got him huge here, which was. Uh, it was kind of like you know break dance, break and all those sorts of things. It was right, it was that time, and it was that sort of you know uh, dress code as well, uh, that dress sense. And when they have, when I'll get to it, when we get to it, I'll I'll mention it. But yeah, Vince Claus, I've been around forever, and um, has worked steadily. He was in other films as well, Op Chopper, obviously the Wog Boy, which was huge here in. Um, 98, I think it was, 1998, 1997. Uh, Chopper, he was well known for. And he was on Eric Boston Banner Legal. in that? In Chopper. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. that was the one that broke Eric Banner. Right. Right. He, was, he was another guy. He was on um, He was on sketch comedy television, Eric Banner, for a number of years before. He did the, uh, did that and then did Black Hawk Down. And, uh, Fun fact, Eric Banner was the first choice to play Vince Colosimo's character, but they couldn't get him because he was off to do Black Hawk Down. Mm. So he had to politely refuse him. So they got uh, Vince Colosimo, who um, Vince Colosimo used to run a chip shop with his parents as he was a kid, when he was a kid. And also the character of Tony he plays in this is a nod to his twin brother Tony. Hmm. Hmm. That's kind of weird. Play a play a character named after your twin brother. Oh, that would have been Vince's choice. I'm dare so they're they're very very close. Everyone knows they're very close. Him and his twin brother. So, mm-hmm. um, so much so that uh, when Vince got busted not long ago, <laughs> uh, speeding by the cops, he tried to pull himself off. As being Tony to the cops, but they didn't buy it. <laughs> uh, that's how close they are. He tried to throw his own brother under the bus because <laughs> he had amassed that much in fines. And yeah, um, Rose Byrne again, someone who just broke through in just various things. Uh, uh, Two Hands was the film she got noticed, which was '97, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Heath Ledger got big as well with that film over here before uh, the Joker killed him about a decade later. It was Mary-Kate Olsen, wasn't it? What? Mary-Kate Olsen killed him? Oh, did she? Oh. Weren't they living together when he OD'd? Allegedly, I should say that for legal purposes. Mm, He was with Michelle Williams, I think it was. I could have sworn it was one of the uh, Olsen twins. No. No, I mean, I think they were separated at the time. Michelle Williams is the mother of his child but i think oh, they okay. separated when he died 
That lucky bastard, he got into Heather Graham's pants. Fuck him. <laughs> I could ten, spend 10 lifetimes, it'll never happen. Uh, <laughs> so I can see, uh, so this film came out in your early 30s and it was right in your wheelhouse, huh? Pretty yep. popular amongst the Aussie youth. Uh, it did all right. Yeah, it was, um, it was a steady renter. I remember being out a few times when I tried to rent it out initially. So I uh, took a took about three or four goes before I was finally back in on the shelf to rent out. It didn't sit there and languish on the shelves. You know, said, you know please God, someone rent me out just once. <laughs> but it's um on the site I was on through the week. Boy, I've got it on my phone. I can't remember what it was called. It uh, copped a bit of a kicking from the reviewer. It, he did not like it. He said it was... Uh, Sort of the bottom of the barrel of Australian movies back from the uh, double O's. And I thought, hmm, it's a bit tough. And I just looked down the bottom and said, oh, E. Mulder. I'm like, oh, fuck. This guy doesn't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it didn't say that. But it did. This really, this review was not very kind to it at all. So I thought, oh, well, whatever. That's your opinion. It's not mine. But there was all a right. big, um, in the double O's of Australia, there was a huge sort of resurgence of films that came out. Um, yeah, you know, there was films like Bad Eggs, The Craig. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of them weren't very good. They were sort of hit and miss. They were either trying too hard to be the, you know, Australia is like the film Australia with Nicole Kidman and um, mm. I think it was Hugh Jackman in there. I can't remember. You know, it just wasn't. It doesn't wasn't right. It just. I think so. Yeah, it was either but that. Speaking of, I just, did his memoir come out to explain what, that he Not left yet. his elderly wife to go bang dudes? <laughs> yeah, page one, because the whole fucking country knew you were gay. <laughs> it's like John Travolta's book, Just Come Out, Man, for God's sake. We all know it doesn't matter. And Henry Rollins, while you're I think it. he was being held up, right? Because wasn't there some sort of a dispute with, uh, with his wife over the, almost like an NDA or something that he wants honored or something or other? Probably. Maybe I, part of terms of the divorce or something. I don't recall. It just seemed to happen. Just out of the blue, it just seemed to happen. And the same, oh, respect our privacy. <laughs> but we know. I mean, everyone knows here that Hugh Jackman's, <laughs> you know, most likely swinging that way. Allegedly, I should say that for legal purposes. He's a flamboyant song and dance man. Yes. And he cover, I mean, what a cover. You know, Wolverine, <laughs> Wolverine, X-Men has uh, no subtext whatsoever in its history. So, you know, uh, maybe he had an experience on his 14 and under football team back in Australia. Maybe. Yeah. We're like, talking Australian rules football? Like, like Trev and Ken. Yeah. Maybe did. Maybe. Uh... Mulder missed that part. <laughs> I, I guess no Mulder idea missed that, that part of the movie. <laughs> In Takeaway, you didn't catch that <laughs> very subtle scene about where everybody's just gay for some reason, mm. uh, <laughs> and they all they all hooked up in the showers in the fourteen and under soccer uh, league. That's, that's a very said, strange Trevin thing. Ken, like it was somebody's not Trev and Ken. They said I was, I was like I don't know who Trev and Ken is or Kim. <laughs> <laughs> You've been consuming too much of what you're wearing on your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I should get you a VB t-shirt. 
Eric and send it to you. You should send me VB is what you should send. Can't get it here. Well, they won't, we really can't sort of send them in a mail. like, <laughs> hey, can I ship off this, this case of VBs? No, you cannot. <laughs> you don't have a license to. I'm sure the shipping would be very reasonably priced. Yeah, probably about, what, 800 bucks? That's size and weight. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure it wouldn't be shaking up at all when I opened the package. No, no. <laughs> well, let's get into it. It starts with takeaways, uh, supposed origins in Australia. Ah, innkeeper. Oh, what fare can you offer a hungry traveler on this most unsavory of evenings? Hmm? Well, sir, I can offer you an excellent mutton pie and carrots. And there's some corned beef and cabbage. And finally, some fish, what I caught down the bay this very morning. Served atop a bed of chippered fried potatoes. Oh, splendid. I think I will dine upon the fish. Well, show me to my table and uh, bring me a jug of ale, innkeeper. Uh, there be no table, sir. My inn is full. <laughs> no room, say. Well, sir, I... Uh, I think you need to broaden your thinking. Sir, hand me your gazette. Innkeeper, I put it to you that you cook my serve of fish and chippered potatoes and that you then wrap them tightly in this paper, so that I may take my evening repast from this place of misery and consume them contentedly elsewhere. So, sir wishes to take the food away? Take away? Yes, indeed. Take away. <laughs> a splendid idea. This was a last-minute edition, the um, commentary track says on the DVD. It was written at the last minute just to have some fun about how takeaway originated, but obviously it's not true. <laughs> now, now is, is dim sim a real thing down there? Fucking knife, man. I had him Tuesday night for dinner. Are you serious? <laughs> That's what I wrote down. That was my first note. Takeaway origins, dim sin. Like it sounded like, Hey, they were saying dim sin at first. And then no, it sounded like no, dim S I S I M. So D I M S I M two words. Yeah. And Brett, they're real man because I fucking had them the other night. I love so them. you you ate for a deep fried mouse the other night. Hell yes. That's ah, yeah. ah, that's ah, mm. ah, ah, that's ah. Love it. Mouse deep fried in axle grease. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay, so the the contents of a dim sim is a lot of uh, cabbage, pork, and mouse. No, it's no mouse. Okay, it's usually uh, cabbage and and ground pork. Is what it is, and it's placed in a. Uh, it, it's like a pastry, but it's a lot thicker than a pastry, shaped like a, a dim sim. Which <laughs> I'm trying to explain to you boys, but I've, you know, I've eaten them since day one, even with so no. It sounds kind of like an egg roll a little bit if there's vegetables and meat in it. Okay, well in America they call them dim sum. Okay. So I don't know how often you guys have them or how how prevalent they are in in uh, your neck of the woods. But is it a food from the Orient? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's a delicacy for the Orient. <laughs> Check the traps. <laughs> Much like. Uh, <laughs> See, Brett, you're Actually, laughing already. <laughs> um, the the common misconception about dim sims is that it's it's made of cats, but it's not made of cats. <laughs> See, I, I just I I just saw a headline the other day that said. South Korea passes bill to ban eating dogs. Dog meat. I saw it as well. I thought, what the fuck is wrong with you, South Korean idiots? No wonder Kim Jong wants all you buddy eviscerated. Dog meat. Holy shit. 
You know, they get mad at uh, stop stereotyping us to say that we eat dogs <laughs> and cats. And then here in 2024, they they have to pass a law to ban eating dogs. It, it goes back to that old joke. What's the two main food groups in Asia? <laughs> Rice and everything else. <laughs> uh, that kind of reminds me of uh, all the episodes that have been re-releasing. One of the latest ones I posted last night was on Dead End Drive-In. Never. And when Brett and I were doing an episode on that, we were so confused at why when the bus of Asians showed up, everyone's like, oh, my God, we're all going to get raped. <laughs> and everyone was just like, treating the Asians like shit. And I was like, what's going on here? Is there some weird thing about Asians in Australia? <laughs> and um, um, maybe you could know. shed some more light on the subject, but... <laughs> You know, there's the the Asians in the beginning of this film, although they're treated a little better, it seems. It was yeah. Dead End Drive-In's, what, mid-80s? I've never seen that film, to be honest with you. Oh, so. really? No. I don't know what's stopping me from seeing it. Everyone's keeps saying, why haven't you seen Dead End Drive-In? I thought, mm, just no interest. But, I mean, it keeps getting released. So, I mean, Umbrella just put out a 4K of it. No interest. An Aussie movie that has cult status? An Arrow release, no less? It's got well the umbrella release is massive. It's got a big four K and a whole bunch mm. of other stuff with it. So I mean I, th- I think I was talking to some Aussie guy I used to know, and I think he related it to I guess like Mexicans in the US and how mm. they've kind of been yeah. down upon over the years, seen as pretty taking our jobs. So maybe like it was kind of a similar type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's back a in the eighties. <laughs> the 80s i, I mean serious. the dead, dead end driving takes play it's a f- dystopian futuristic film but mm. came out in 86 so uh, 86, well, I, tell, okay. I tell you if you get a on a bus with a bunch of dudes from india Oof. the odds of having a gang rape are uh pretty high oh yeah <laughs> yeah that's uh that's true it's i the amount of gang rapes on buses in india is amazing it's like just a perk of the ride for those guys. You know, it's like they don't even get on looking for it. But it's just like, oh, there's a girl. Let's go. Oh, they travel in cars here at night all the fucking time. Just in, in gangs. I mean, not doing out the gang rapes. Not, nothing like that. I'm not, not implying that. But I think, why is there four Indians in the car driving at 2.30 at night? You can't all be delivering food or some <laughs> job. Like I'm, not trying to be, I'm not trying to be awful. But, I mean, that there is an all-night Uber food delivery here. So... Well, you, you would have I don't know four cars with one in each if they were delivering. <laughs> Unless they're maybe they're just Ubering people home. There you go. And they just so happen to pick up uh three people of the same race. Maybe they're going to fight the uh the neo Nazi skinheads down at the uh local uh, bar. Yeah, all two of them. <laughs> yeah, there's like the, the a, huge amount of neo Nazis apparently live here. Is that still a break. thing after romper stomping? No. No, I was actually, I met uh, Jeffrey Wright as he was filming Romper Stomper back in, and he goes, I was working, I was working at the post office at the time. He was sent something to the film commission. I said, oh, what's, um, are you making a film or something? And he goes, yeah, I'm making a film about uh, neo-Nazis fighting the Asian. I thought, that sounds fucking stupid. <laughs> now, a year and a half later, it came out, started in a theater, I said, oh, it's not a bad film, actually. Yeah, I liked it. I watched it last year for the first time. Oh, the first time. I still need to. I still need to see it. 
Those, those Nazis had a rough time. I mean, every time they settled down, those Asians would come and beat the shit out of them around the mountain town. That, but that was a real thing. I mean, that was a real thing in the 90s. It was really bad. You had the gangland war in Melbourne, which are actually the first episode of Underbelly, which was, I think the ban on that has just been lifted here in Melbourne now after 20 years. It, it could not be shown in this state, in Victoria at all. Um, Vince Colosmo was in that as well. So um, it was a video nasty. No, no, legally it could not be <laughs> yeah, shown in Victoria because it was still an ongoing case, so they couldn't show it here. But they released it in uh, on DVD throughout the rest of the country, so people were yeah you know, taking holidays up in Queensland, just booking it off the shelf and buying it and uh, popping it in their backpack, coming home with it. But. Yeah, that was a big thing. You had the gangland war here in Melbourne in the 90s and the early 2000s when this film was still going. The, the gangland war was starting to die off because they were all dying, killing each other. And the Asians and the and the skinhead problem. Pretty rough time in Melbourne in the 90s. And then it was taken over with the takeaway wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, why, why is Trev's takeaway considered a fish and chip shop when he specializes in burgers? Because he sells fish and chips. Is that just like a it's, like a generic way of calling a like fast food restaurant just fish and chips restaurant? Well, no, it's 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 a fish and chip shop, so it's fish and chips. That's that's just the base name for it. He especially maybe burgers. Well, McDonald's burgers. has fish and chips, but you don't call it a fish and chip shop. That's right. It's you know uh, you'd call it a pizza burger restaurant place or fast food. Some pizza restaurants do steaks and. Other dishes. <laughs> they don't in the U.S. But then in the U.S., they're geez, not allowed to. Got... Are you serious? So we don't want pizza restaurants making our steaks. So if you go into a pizza restaurant to eat, you don't have the option of other things like steaks and chicken parmigiana. And... Uh, no? They'll be like chicken parm or maybe Depends, Italian foods, yeah. but they're not going to have steak. Now, you might go to a steak place that has some like artisan flatbread pizzas or something. But it's not a pizza place. That's a no. You guys are killing yourselves, man. You you are restricting yourselves. Well, you can't be good at everything. You know, I'm not going to go to Domino's to get a fucking steak. I go there to get pizza. Well, I don't go there, but I did. I wouldn't go to Domino's even for a pizza. So that that negates that that argument. Yeah, they got new and better ingredients. I tell you what. I tell you, I'm not going to Outback Steakhouse to get a pizza. (laughs) Not going there at all. Go there to get a blooming onion and a steak. That's it. And a kangaroo balls on toast. I enjoyed that story you told about you visiting the Outback Steakhouse in, uh, was it Texas? Well, yeah, it was in um, Dallas, Hunter? Fort Worth. No, that was uh, my mate Rick, not Hunter, no. No, the Hunter was, take um, you to the Outback Steakhouse. And <laughs> it all taste the home. He was, my friend Rick was absolutely adamant because... Please, I gotta take you to the Outback Steakhouse. I said, I'm just looking at the menu, I'm not fucking eating there. And I looked at it and the American the American waitress goes, Oh, can I help you? I said, This menu's wrong. I said, This is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. She didn't even pick up on my accent. And she looks at me and goes, Uh-huh. I thought, oh. I said, Rick, let's get the fuck out She's just she trying to work care. her shift. Seven for seven bucks an hour. She ain't giving two shits. What a foreigner thinks. She already knows you're not tipping. <laughs> that's right ain't doing that the most neanderthal 
It's oh my god, you Yanks, you gotta fix that tipping culture. It's stupid. It's even worse it's, now because everybody wants like twenty five percent for not doing shit. Twenty five. Yeah, it's ridiculous. My goodness. Like I told up, you about that. It was expected like 10% is what it's expected. Like when we were growing up and it was like 12%, that's pretty good. You know, 20% would just be a great tip. And now it seems as though 20% is almost expected outright. Anything more than that is okay. You know, like that's for like dinner service at a restaurant, but people work in DoorDash like i want five dollars minimum in tips. oh wow that's insane no way they want yeah. tips with doordash yeah they, they, they don't get if, it here if you don't tip on doordash they fuck with your food or they they oh wow they cuss that's you crazy out they it. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of videos of that going on i'll gotta check out some of those that's insane i had no idea these people are psychos and it's just like you're just a fucking amateur who signed up on an app to deliver food and you can't even do that good, and you want a fucking tip? Okay, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. We, we better move on soon. But when it comes to tipping, the greatest piece of quick. information... Just real quick, yeah. Smartass. <laughs> you know, if you came here, Eric, you would be you'd be having a boner, because everyone goes all the time. Just real quick. <laughs> you'd be walking around with a fucking heart on the whole time. A heart on. You'd be walking around with a heart on. Oh, whoa, he said just real quick. You hear it all the time here. <laughs> I hear it all the time here because I can fucking edit it into the episodes. Yeah. yeah. You just sit there playing on repeat. Me saying just real quick. Just real quick. Well, I got four different variations of you saying it. So have you? Yeah. Just real quick. Real quick. Just quickly. Just real quick. Now I'm going to consciously not say it ever again. <laughs> I'm going to hack your computer and get rid of it. Good luck with that. Well, he's, I got he's those, excited like... about this episode because he doesn't have to put it in in a post. It's live. <laughs> it's live. <laughs> Anyway, just real quick, I've got to say this. The greatest piece of film dialogue ever is Mr. Pink at the start of Reservoir Dogs about not tipping. That that is oh, that is magic. (laughs) It is that is so perfect. That is an that was seems like was written by an Australian. Because why am I tipping these people, not tipping these people over here? You don't tip at McDonald's, which is true, you don't. They're serving you food, but you don't tip at McDonald's. But they're not bringing it to your table unless it's late. So I'm paying for the legwork? Ah, fuck off. I'll get it myself. Yeah. You're paying for the service. <laughs> what service? Half the service I got in the US was shit. What am I paying for? So the great thing about Australians when they go over there, they say, we're not tipping because we're going home anyway. So what are they going to do, chase us? <laughs> so you must spend 120 bucks at a, you know, a seafood restaurant and then you pay the bill and they look at you with this blank deer in the headlights stare, but well... Fuck off, we're going home, so not our problem. Get your government to pay you better. You know, get your, your government to legislate higher wages for you. You won't have to worry about tipping. That sounds like some commie bullshit to me. But that's the problem. They're raising minimum wage and our inflation is out of control. Mm-hmm. You kept that's not commie bullshit. It's just fair wages for fair work. It's all it is. Again, sounds like some commie bullshit to me. Oh, okay. Like the free market system. The free like, like your healthcare market. system, right? <laughs> You're dying in the street. You got health insurance, son? No, I'm dying. Yeah, right. that doesn't happen. Go anyway. see you, maker. Oh, anyway, this will end up getting very nasty. So we better move the hell on. I think. Well, we prove it because we're giving health care to thirty thousand new people a day. They don't have health insurance, but they get it. 
they they get it. Oh man, yeah. that's bad. Even that's you know, a, a, a person who's not a citizen, you, you know, you break your leg or have a heart attack, your emergency services is paid. It's always been like that. So why is what's the point of health insurance then? What does that cover you? Well, let's say uh, you have some sort of medical emergency. They stabilize you. After that, I think they don't... Like, if they discover cancer, they're not going to pay for everything after that. They're like, well, you know, you got cancer. It seems like you should get some health insurance, you know? Oh, okay. They're not going to pay after right. that. But if you have a heart attack or something or stroke, you know, you're dying, they're they're not going to turn you away. You, you get... Everything's paid for if you can't pay for it. Well, see, now this is a strange perspective of what we hear about the American health system where you have a heart attack in the street. Oh, tough shit. Get that health insurance. That's not it at all. Because they don't, you know, if you you can't talk, how are you supposed to give somebody your health insurance information? (laughs) (laughs) They don't stop and say, hey, we need your card, sir. Now now do you see what misconceptions about a country are like, Eric? (laughs) You see what it's like? Yeah. They go digging in your wallet first. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would be funny. No, they don't ask questions. And once you're stabilized, it's kind of like, all right, what's your information? And in fact, like, I remember one time uh, years ago, just quickly, just quickly, I was switching insurances and there was like three days where I didn't get covered. And there was, well, there was a medical service that I needed in those three days. And, uh, I forget what the bill was, but it was like a couple thousand dollars. Ooh. Me just not having health insurance, the hospital cut 40% off right up, just off the top because I didn't have insurance. Okay. Now that I still was on, the, I was had the foot like a thousand or $1,200 bill, but they didn't just mm. say you have to pay everything. Like even somebody who technically didn't have insurance for three days didn't have to pay everything. So it's not, no, it's not yeah. as bad as you think it is. It's all a game. They, they jack up the prices because the, the health insurance automatically cuts a certain amount off. So they got to jack up the prices so that when that happens, they get paid what they should get paid originally. Mm. But it's just a game where, okay. where, they have to, where they have to do that. And like Eric said, if you don't have insurance, they, they're like, oh, okay, then we, we won't mark it up on you. We'll charge okay. you what, what it actually costs. So, All right. But, I'm, I'm yes, just obviously, how- it's, it could be better, yes. <laughs> But I'm just pro- I'm just proving more than anything how misconceptions can be very hurtful about a particular place and and a tunnel vision approach to how things are. <laughs> Welcome to my world. So you're saying Crocodile Dundee was not a documentary. Anyway, um, moving on with this thing because we are really running out of time. What's what's next? We just introduced the main characters. I think. No, we haven't even got that far. We can talk about the origin of the fast food. We've got the origins, and then we meet, uh, I think next is when we meet Trev waking up in the morning. Mm-hmm. And well, yeah, the, the, Tony and Trev are... The uh, difference between him and Tony waking up, how professional yeah. and clean Tony is, and how much of a disgusting pig Trev is. But He's putting potatoes in, in his underwear? Is that what he was doing? Yeah, that yeah. was... Well, obviously, that's a gag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm just saying. But, but most fish and chip shop owners are like Trev. They're nothing like Tony. <laughs> the Tony one, the Tony fish and chips is a fantasy. The real one is the Trev one. A bit cleaner, okay. But, um, yeah. He seemed like a manager at McDonald's or like a Chick-fil-A. 
somebody who is well-groomed, you know, everything's, uh, his shirts are always pressed and clean. He's acting super professional. That's probably his franchise, that type of a deal. Yeah. Like he seemed out of place owning his small time fish and chips shop. But then again, it was his father's. So, yeah, but that was, um, so the thing about, about fish and chips is that they were pretty much, it pretty much yeah. makes itself. <laughs> no, 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 no. In terms of races that would run fish and chip shops for years, it was the Brits. Then the Greeks took over for a long time after mm -hmm. that. Yeah, so if you ran, if you had a group, um, where I lived back in 2000, 2000, or the very end of 99 when I moved back to the particular another area, so 2000, there was a fish and chip shop there run by two Greeks. They were in business together, an older guy and a younger guy. But these guys were two business partners, and they were both Greek guys, and they, they used to make the most kick-ass fish and chips. It was um, very sad when they shut down. I didn't know there was that many yeah. Greeks in Australia. Melbourne has the biggest Greek population outside of Greece and Cyprus huh. in the world. Why is that? Because they all came here. I don't know why. <laughs> they just all came here. My mother's Greek, so you know, I'm, if you want to look at besides me being born and raised here, I'm half Greek. The Brits didn't have an agreement with uh, Greece. You know, like Greece's prisons got to be over capacity. So what is your obsession with prisons? <laughs> What's your obsession with prisons? <laughs> I don't know. Justice, I guess. Yeah. Was it not Very a uh, penal colony uh, back then? Well, I didn't go to the fish shop in 1788, so. <laughs> well, when did the Greeks start coming over? In the 1950s. Oh, okay. In the big immigrant rush of the 50s and 60s, more so the 50s. Okay. Yeah. 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 A ton of Europeans come over, you know, Italians, Greeks. Um, that must have been uh, when the U.S. closed their borders. Yeah. <laughs> Back then, you should have kept them open instead of opening them up now. But, yeah, we had the big immigrant intake of the 1950s. Okay. And, uh, yeah, a lot of Greeks, Italians, uh, Irish came as well at that time. So there must have been a period of uh, great economic development in the 50s and no, 60s in Australia. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sure. Was there anything discovered there? Like, uh, was there like a mine? I know there, there's like a big mining. Dim Sims, there, right? <laughs> Dim Sims. Dim Sims. <laughs> we mined for Dim Sims, and we found them. <laughs> Is there still a big mining industry there? Oh yeah, in Western Australia, it's massive. <laughs> is it Huge. like uh, rare earth minerals, or is it like coal or something, or what is it? What are they mining? Everything. Everything. Okay. <laughs> if you got, if you can mine it, we'll find it. <laughs> if you can't mine it, it ain't worth mining. Ain't worth mine, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> pulling us back to the film. Uh, so we see the differences between the two owners and their different styles. And then they uh, they both walk outside their shops to take the piss out of each other, I guess. Yep. Have their confrontation, which I guess is a daily thing they have. Tony, you still here, mate? Trev, why so dressed up, mate? Expecting a visit from the health inspectors again. Why? What are you heard? Hey? Huh? Nothing, mate. Relax. No, you're taking a piss, aren't you? Me? Never. Yeah. Dim sim on a stick. Yeah. Stick to your burgers, mate. That's what you're good at. Go on, laugh now, mate. Go on, laugh. 
Because it'll be piss funny when the dim sim on a stick takes off, mate. In fact, no, it, it's going to be a corker when every kid in Australia wants one for his bloody lunch, won't it, eh? That's what you said about the calamari burger. I, and you laughed at that too. I'm a visionary, mate, all right? I'm a visionary. Hi, Tony. Hi. Uh, just wait for me inside, will you? Who's that? You tell me, you're the visionary. They put out the board with the uh, the specials, so you know you get a different mm, special right. every day. Deep Sea on a stick, I thought it was funny when I first saw that. <laughs> it's uh, it's something you could possibly do, but yeah, it's it is a stupid idea. Fish finger kebab is a stupid idea. <laughs> Beef nuggets is definitely a stupid idea. Because <laughs> really, I mean, everyone knows chicken nuggets ain't chicken. It's Christ knows what's in there. Talk about the locations, the many, many locations that this film is shot in. Everything is in Melbourne, right? Yes. Because they, they go to Sydney in the film, but I assume it's not Sydney. Nah, it was everything that's shot in <laughs> Melbourne. Uh, you know, you just say, hey, we're in Sydney. <laughs> but we're not in yeah. Sydney. We're filming this in a suburb away. This is shot in a suburb called Elfington, which is just north of the central business district probably about 15 kilometers so about 10 miles out of there that's where the two shops or that sh strip of shops is with the two chip shops the burgies and the butcher um on the commentary they were saying that the butcher the milk bar next to it and there was a fish and chip shop and the tony's fish and chips was empty that was an empty lot they had to recreate that as a fish shop and there was an empty lot next to them for the burgies, but the burgies was meant to be, actually be meant to be across the road, but they just couldn't find nothing. And they took four months finally finding the place of what they could use and visualize for what they wanted. And right. that was in Elfington. Um, the bowling scene, which we'll get to soon, was shot in the Northcote AMF bowling center. So a lot of it's shot just around Elfington and some at Northcote, which Northcote and Elfington not that far away, maybe less than 15 minutes apart. Yeah, because these shops are pretty small, but I suppose take away, it's your, yeah. you're generally not supposed to eat it there. Um, they don't have the capacity for it. However, um, uh, 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 moment, please, because where I'm going tonight is a pizza store, which is the best pizza in the fucking country. I don't care. Fight me. I'm telling you now, it's the best one in the country. And this guy has a very small takeaway store, but provision for two tables at the front inside mm -hmm. we always eat in there me and my brother always yeah yeah we have to time it okay it's like a a-team <laughs> covert operation all right we need to get there about 5 30 before anybody else comes in and takes the tables so we can sit down and eat mm -hmm. but um the guy who runs a place he knows us so it's all good well they did have a, a scene in the movie where tony was talking about how his dad refused to have tables in the front, and it was his idea to put some tables out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, outside dining. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Uh, obviously, it's seasonal. You can only do it in particular times. Now, obviously, us being in summer. Perfect I think, you, I think you meant in the restaurant, because they don't have any tables like outside the restaurant. Oh, no, but they some places have tables that you put outside, but they don't leave them outside. They'll bring yeah. them out throughout the course right. of the, um, the morning. But I don't think they had that in this movie, though. No, they didn't, but some places do do that. They'll have so much space on the front, 
on the outside that they'll put some portable tables and chairs out there. But they just obviously won't leave them out there. Uh, another question for you regarding the, the wrapping of the takeaway food. Yes. Specifically in the beginning, I saw them like they, you know, they have the, the typical paper, like they're dumping the fries yes. onto the paper. Yes. And then like they put like the sandwich just right on top of it and they just mash it all together. And they're like, here you yep. go. Yep. You mash everything together in paper and you tell them to fuck off. That Yeah. Like you don't keep it separated at all. No. Why would you? It doesn't get soggy. Mixing it depends how long you leave it. That's your problem. Wow. <laughs> At the start of the film, when we go, when we see the innkeeper and he wraps it in a newspaper, fish and chips used to come wrapped in newspaper. That is a true right. thing, right? Back in the 80s, then they moved to butcher's paper in uh, the around about the late 80s, early 90s. Mm -hmm. So now it's all done in butcher's paper. I haven't seen newspaper for a long, long time. And yeah, they'll have uh, the big butcher's paper, a piece of grease proof paper. On top of that, you know, not as big as the butcher's paper, and they'll just dump all the chips. A lot of places now, my local one will now do the chips separate. They'll do the dim sim separate. They'll do the potato cake separate. Okay. Um, potato cakes are not mentioned in this, which is strange because uh, they're not actually cakes like you think. <laughs> they're not cakes made out of potatoes. What they are is big. They'll get big, huge potatoes and cut a big circular piece off, dip it in batter, and deep fried it's called a potato cake but in other states they're known as potato scallops so they had to sell this film in the whole country they couldn't call them potato cakes they'll go what the hell is a potato cake well, just that's a Melbourne like the, thing only the sandwich will soak up the grease and get soggy or be smushed by the wrapping you know it needs a nice little box or something to help keep its form you know well then go to Tony's you'll get that <laughs> I'll go to Trev's go to Tony's okay. just dump it dump it all in my one is the Trev style. Just grab the basket, just dump the lot in there, wrap it up, and off you go. Well, I mean, the the food still looked good. I'm not refuting oh, that. Oh, great. Trev's, <laughs> I would just, I would sit there. I wouldn't take it away. I'd, I'd take it away to the table, sit down and eat it. But um, and yeah, if there's no tables, fish well, and chip stops don't have table. Well, no, I'm sorry. Now they do. They'll have some, not many. It's it's ninety ninety nine percent of it is just get in, do your order, pick it up and go. I'll eat it in the car. Yeah, you can do that. I'll just sit there. I won't drive. Yeah, if you're waiting to like drive home and then eat it, then it's gonna be, no matter how it's wrapped, it's gonna be soggy or you know not as good. It's not fresh. Well, if it's five it minutes from home, like mine is, it's not that bad. Sure, but but in America, where everything's it, half an hour away. I was going to say, how does it taste wrapped in that newspaper? That sounds super unsanitary. You get a lot of ink bleed on that? I'm still alive. So <laughs> can't be that bad. But yeah, the newspaper, the newspaper was one thing, but I much prefer in the butcher's paper. It's it's what I've really known since, yeah, like I said, about the late 80s. Probably maybe, maybe even the mid-80s, they might have started phasing out the, the newspaper bit. That was a very British thing. Once the Greeks started taking over, they're like, no, we're not getting ink all over the friggin' chips and the <laughs> black chips. We don't need to see, uh, you know, the sports result. <laughs> I guess you could read the paper while you're eating once you've taken the food out, but you know, whatever you can read. But no, and and a lot of people will still to this day though, when they've get gotten their fish and chips, just rip open the top of the bag and just pull the chips out one by one, like they like the guy did. At mm -hmm. the innkeepers at the start, yeah, that's that's a true thing as well. 
So we get the main characters. Rose Byrne is introduced. She's the uh, is a cousin of cousin. Tony. Yeah. Cousin of Tony. Yeah. His trainee manager. Yeah. <laughs> Trev takes on his own trainee manager. Uh, what's his name again? Nathan, Dave. 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 Yeah. Played by Nathan Phillips. <laughs> he's got to compete with Tony, so he's got to get his own trainee manager. If anybody asks, your mom is really sick. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's dead. <laughs> I like the way he played this. He played this like the real surfer who goes out to Bell's Beach. Like, yeah, yeah, no worries. Yeah, okay. He played it well. The real blonde-haired <laughs> surfer type. Oh, this was... He doesn't give a shit. This was at the tail end of the uh, Frosted Tips craze. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Only thing that was missing was uh, maybe like a visor or some uh, upside-down Oakleys around the backside of his head. <laughs> <laughs> I used to they used to see the stickers they said Oakley thermonuclear protection. They used to people used to have the uh the uh religious we used to have the Jesus thermonuclear protection stickers on their car as well. Uh, so do you just want to get into the burgies now or Yeah, there's not much else. We just basically see the two warring fish and chip shops. Mm-hmm. Which to me seems like they they couldn't coexist without each other. They need each other. They need that competition. When yeah. Tony's saying, I'm going to destroy you, he needs Trev's shop there. Sorry, there needs to be a, a free and open market is what there needs to be. Exactly. And then he can start, his quality can slip, but knowing Tony's not going to slip, but it could, And but where else are people going to go? There's no more competition. Mm-hmm. So they need each other to keep each other on their toes. Keep the quality up and the prices down. Oh man, the prices! When I saw that that, that big sandwich board ahead of the price, I said, "Oh God, if only those are the prices now." Two dollars for chips, please. I wish you could feed yourself a God. I remember seven bucks. You could feed yourself, and that was it. You're you're good, good to go. Chips, well, some dim sims, piece of flake. You know, just quickly, uh, inflation of course has hit everything in the U.S. But it seems yeah. like it's hit McDonald's more than other restaurants. Has it? Because like McDonald's used to be like, you know, you could go there and still like go to the dollar menu, right? And pay five bucks and get like two burgers and a chicken sandwich and some fries or something. Okay. Now it's like their dollar menu is damn near non-existent. Everything that's on it is smaller. You know, it's you can't get like a cheeseburger for a dollar. It's it's more than that. But like a value meal, if you're going to get a quarter pounder with cheese and fries and a, and a Coke, it's going to be like $13, $14, something like that. Wow. That's a lot. That's of like money. what a value meal is. It's going to be between like 12 and 14 bucks. It's, I tell you, KFC four years ago had, maybe five years ago, they had the $5 fill boxes, mm-hmm. which was like, uh, I don't know, one or two pieces of chicken or three chicken strips, a side, a biscuit, and a cookie, and a drink for five bucks. Mm-hmm. Those same meals are like between 12, 10 and $12 today. Do you know how much they are here, Brett? Five bucks for those. <laughs> yeah. they, that's the truth. That's the, they have those have so specials. They, so they, they've more than doubled in like four years. American food prices I've going by what you you boys are saying and from what i've seen on various news sources it's just skyrocketed over the us mm. it's just i mean australia's been hit 
That's that's because minimum wage went from seven twenty five to fifteen dollars. And you should have should have fixed that shit years ago. You would have got it right decades ago. <laughs> you're saying we should have upped the minimum wage years ago? Is that what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> minimum wage here is about eighteen bucks. I think it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's Australian dollars though. That's like that's still like ten bucks here. Prices are going up and uh, people are getting fired. So. I mean that, and you know the oil is going up. So, but no. But, but my point was, you know, McDonald's is so expensive, and now places like Applebee's, like eat-in restaurants, right. well, specials several times a week. You can come in and get a burger and fries for like ten dollars. Yeah. So you can no, get. It's almost the same price. It'll be cheaper, often yeah. cheaper. Like uh, especially Applebee's will offer. It's like ten dollars burger and fries on specific days, and it's not only for like it's like the whole night type of thing. Like come in Thursdays or Fridays and you get you know ten bucks. But what's their food like? You can have well, that price, but if they're no good, they're no good. Well, it's probably slightly better than McDonald's. Yeah. No oh, God, that's not a step they're, up much. It's an eat-in eat restaurant. They're pretty much always going to be better in terms of quality. Now, there's certain burgers like some people love. I mean, I don't mind McDonald's burgers, but I also love Wendy's burgers. Wendy's is a pretty comparable in prices. Mm-hmm. Maybe slightly less with some of the deals they offer, but pretty much the same. I'll but... tell you here, there was a there was sorry, there's a there was a um, company that opened up here probably about three years ago, maybe a bit less than that, which you guys have had for years. Carl's Jr. just finally mm-hmm. opened up here. Sure. And they have they have really good prices. I mean, really good prices. So and they're um Given the uh, the clown <laughs> a good run for their money, we don't, we don't really have that. We have, I think, maybe two Hardies in the whole state. Yeah, so we they, they were bought by Carl's Jr. and they use the same like uh, logos and font and whatnot. Like they've been bought by Carl's Jr., so they it's under mm. the Carl's Jr. umbrella. But it's yeah, Hardies is good. Carl's Jr. I okay. assume would be just as good. Uh, what I was wondering, is there kind of like a Burgie's equivalent in Australia? I mean, I know it's trying to <laughs> I know it's trying to be McDonald's. It's got like the Ronald McDonald character type. No, there no there is not. But is However. There, okay. However. Here's a fun fact. If you go on Sydney Road, Campbellfield, there is a little diner called Burgie's. That is not a joke. <laughs> so and that was done way after this film. So somebody has watched this film and said, I'm opening up my own Burgie's. Did it look like a McDonald's or the Burgies in this film? Or is it like no, a, no, 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 no. It's just a little like a um, food, it's a food truck called okay. Burgies. Yeah. But there is one on Sydney Road. In so the, technically it's not on Sydney Road. It's wherever the food truck is. No, no, they're permanently based there. <laughs> Why it's a food truck. Because the they can't That's be bothered the renting out a truck. Is to they drive can't be bothered least. No, they can't be bothered. They're smart. They can't be bothered leasing out a property, which is too expensive. So they'll keep their truck there. And just rent out the space in the front. Where are your economics, man? Food trucks here don't have to lease any places. They drive wherever the fuck they want. They go oh, they're paying. They're, you streets. think they're not paying some sort of money to? Come on. There's a license. There. There's like a business license they got to pay, but they're not. They don't pay for spots here. They're in the parking lots of like a Home Depot or something. They're not paying. Yeah, but if I go to Burgies, at least I know lot. they're fucking there. At least I'm not going to. Oh, we're going to chase you down. You're the other side of town now this week. I know they're there. I can go there if I want to go there. <laughs> I guess. But it seems like they should also like go other places, you know? 
Maybe their tires are flat and they can't be bothered moving. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the engine's dead. They don't want to move. They can't be bothered fixing it. Uh, you never thought well, of that? <laughs> no. Well, to me, that just makes it not a food truck. It's, it's, such it's a just a regular being. restaurant. I don't, I don't eat out of trucks. <laughs> you don't? That's beneath you. you Seems pretty unsanitary. <laughs> Yet you'll go to McDonald's. Okay. <laughs> Actually, you don't really. You you often don't because Brett doesn't like burgers. I, I've cut down to McDonald's a lot. I used to go pretty regular. Brett yeah. pretty much only eats chicken. Correct. Right? Pretty much. All right. I, I got a chicken strip basket at DQ today because they're $6.99 on sale. There you go. Which two years ago, they were $4.99 on sale. Now they're $6.99. That was the regular price two years ago. Mm-hmm. Jeez. All right, so Burgers is moving in next door, and they have a uh, very ambitious manager, overzealous <laughs> manager, with a uh, an underling who wants to be just like him, but is a bit timid, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, construction is ongoing, and the writing's on the wall for the fish and chip shops. So they got to think of something. Well, they have a town hall meeting to protest, and it turns into a, a Burgers rally. Mr. Mayor. This company destroys rainforests in the third world so they can graze cows in order for us to eat their so-called 100% beef burgers. Yeah! And where do their chicken nuggets come from? They come from battery hens. And these poor creatures spend their lives living in a cage no bigger than a shoebox. Yeah! Oh dear you. A Burgie's chicken is a happy chicken. Yeah, right up until his throat gets cut. This new Burgie's will be a godsend to this community. A godsend. It will create jobs. Jobs, excuse me. Wealth, wealth, and a standard of food service. Present this coupon and get a free dim sum. So we should be grateful for the rappers and cartons that block up our drains and litter our gardens. Yeah. What do you intend to do about the increase in the traffic? That's what we have a drive through for. Any other questions? What does Burgies do to help the sick children? I'm, I'm glad you asked that, Billy, because as well as contributing generously to various children's charities, there is Burgie's Bungalow, a special place where sick children go to get better and on occasion quietly pass away. But any other questions? Wendy, you have a question. Me and my friends want to start a hockey team with school. Can Burgies help? Helping children is what we at Burgies do best. Hey, I want one of them four-wheel drives, and, and the watch I was given instead, well, it stopped. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, look, hey. everybody, whoever could that be? It's Barry Burgie, the Burgalicious Clown, and his little buddy Freddy, the Friendly Fry. Oh, you are joking. What? I am Barry Burgie. Who's hungry? Free burgers for everybody. Yippee! <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They they seized the opportunity, Burgies. They said, "Well, there's all these people here. Let's just give away free shit and, and rope them in." Which they got. Um, Dave, they roped him on. He got the burger and uh, vomited that, out later. Got that nice limited edition watch. Dave the Spewer <laughs> couldn't get the uh, the four wheel drive. <laughs> so he got the watch instead. <laughs> which that's a jab at all those places that used to do. Uh, you know, lotteries. Oh, yeah, you've won this. Oh, there was a computer glitch. Sorry, we'll give this instead. So mm-hmm. I did. So, so that's a that's is a that like the McDonald's that. Monopoly game. Mm. What happened with that? Oh, the guy uh, they rigged it so the the guy who's responsible for 
like transporting the winning pieces. Like he mm. he managed to find a way to give them to his friends and family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> they had a they had a documentary. Honestly, it was on HBO. They had a documentary series about it, mm. and it was it was funny because they like they they outsourced to this company to print the pieces and mm. then they would have the game they'd have like one winning piece for the million dollars and like he'd have to like seal it in an envelope and uh put it in a briefcase and then like he'd go to the airport with a, a rep from mcdonald's or security company or something oh my God. and uh so it was like it was always like somebody was watching him with it and he'd always go to the bathroom at the airport and he would like s- somehow steam open the envelope pull the winning <laughs> piece out and put a different one in there oh wow that's and then they get insane. resealed so it looked like it was fresh and then he would oh, give wow. it to whoever you know he wanted to win that time <laughs> it was that's... nobody nobody was the wiser it oh took, wow uh, that's crazy it took some whistle. I think somebody that he tried to give the winning piece to whistleblow, uh, blew the mm-hmm. whistle on him and called the FBI and was like, "Hey, you should take a look at this." And then they finally figured it out. It's like, oh yeah, all, all the winners are from Florida, and they all know this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there hasn't been what a I... Monopoly McDonald's game in at least five years. They I'd did say. bring it back. It's it's. It's been a while though. I don't. I can't remember the last time they had one. We've had one here, for sure, in the last five years, definitely. So that's why I wasn't winning. That's right. I was putting in my fucking time and money on that. <laughs> at the there was one across the street from the movie theater I work at, so I would, I still eat there sometimes. But I mean, I was eating three, four times a week McDonald's. <sighs> I haven't eaten McDonald's since 2012. I will never go back to that shithole. <laughs> quarter pounders are still good. I used to love the Big Mac, but now like, I mean, they must. I think panda. they changed the ratio because they've been putting in worse or less ingredients, and I think the ratio is all off on the sauce. You can make you know? that shit yourself. It's easy. I know, but well, it's never the same. Yeah, and now theirs isn't even the same. So exactly. So what are you losing? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Make I will say the last it. time I went to McDonald's, they took the sign off the drive-through window that says "Please ask if you want a straw." <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> just, They've they, even gone that they, way. They were doing the uh, straws on demand because you know plastic waste, and then like the cup is completely plastic with a plastic cover on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, what are you saving by not giving me a fucking straw? Well, it's like they had the supermarkets here. They used to have paper bags for your groceries. Then they went plastic, and they said, oh, plastic bad. Now they're back to paper bags. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Paper, plastic, which one do you want? Yeah, they it's banned plastic bags in Minneapolis before the pandemic, and then... Well, they didn't ban them. They just charge for them now. Well, they they banned them. Uh, whatever. But they uh, they want everybody to bring in their own bags. They charge you and, a nickel uh, extra. Per per plastic bag that you use, but then COVID hit, and they're like, "Well, your reusable bags are gross and disgusting. We're going <laughs> back to plastic because they don't carry the, the the germs like the the reusable ones do." Yeah, they never all yeah. right banned them because that Target cross in the theater was always had plastic bags. But you, you were supposed to type in 
at the the checkout how many bags you're using, and it would be a nickel oh, really? bag. Yeah, Minneapolis put in a, a tax per plastic bag, five cents. The way they stay in the suburbs. <laughs> but yeah, they're definitely trying to phase them out. They also they were uh, they banned drive-throughs, like no new drive-throughs in Minneapolis, yeah, did, and then yeah. the pandemic hit, and they're like. Okay, there could be drivers. <laughs> Jeez. What a shit show. Yeah. Because they didn't want cars idling and spewing out all that gas. You know, they were single-handedly going to end climate change. <laughs> yeah. We'll block the roads by protesting about climate change while those cars are sitting idle. Just, <laughs> Just eat the bugs, guys. Yeah. Eat Nobody's the telling you to eat the bugs. <laughs> Meanwhile, everyone's five, telling me to eat the bugs. <laughs> Meanwhile, five articles pop up. <laughs> Why bugs are great to eat. <laughs> yeah, sure. So much high protein in those bugs. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going I'm to open a fast food store with bugs and call it Buggies. And then go <laughs> on the corner of the market. Well, there you go. I did see five minutes of like... Uh, there's a Gordon Ramsay cooking show with kids and I, I happen to have the channel on when I turn the TV on and they're like, Oh, everybody get their ingredients. And this one kid goes, he's like, Oh my God, I'm so excited. There's grasshoppers or crickets yeah. or whatever. And he's like, I'm going to put so many crickets in my food. And <laughs> it's like, why do you even know how to cook with crickets? You're fucking 10 years old. Why are you excited about crickets and grasshoppers? <laughs> Disgusting. That's even worse. Like, why is that even an option? It's like, it's got to be a joke, right? Like a joke ingredient. Why did Ramsey allow that? That's the most shocking thing. Who knows? He's part of the, uh, you know, global cabal or whatever. He doesn't even call it meat usually. It's like, okay, you got your starches, you got your proteins, and that—that's all he cares about. Yeah. You actually did the Scottish accent of Ramsey, who sounds English, but he's actually Scottish. So you got it right there. Is he Scottish? He was Scottish born, yeah. Huh. So your shit accent actually worked out right. <laughs> I could go more Braveheart with it if you'd like. But... Oh, boy, you've got some bad references. <laughs> <laughs> and Ozzy would never lead me astray from a good Scottish accent. No. Hey, actually, you could, you could say that he would because he's not Aussie, but he's American. Mel. Yeah. Nah, he did that shit quick. <laughs> he yeah, worked three years old. He, uh, he went to the Queen's land. You're not, you're not like Minnesota where you claim anybody you spent five minutes there as one of your own? <laughs> like Lizzo. <laughs> uh, nobody wants to claim her anymore after all what she did to the backup dancers. I saw a clip a, a couple of weeks ago where uh, fat shaming people. Oh, I think... Boy, she can fucking talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I saw a clip on Twitter a couple of weeks ago where I think it was Cardi B was on like a golf cart being driven around in an arena or something, and Lizzo tried to sit on the back, and the front flipped up, <laughs> <laughs> and all the security guys had to like grab it and pull it down. <laughs> She's like, man, these aerodynamics are shit. Did it have one of those uh, bench seats on the back? Is that yeah. Cool? Okay. And she sat on it and it was just like, whoop. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. So, Burgies. A Burgies burger into you. No, I have the note written down where it's 
not just the scene where they introduce the burgies and stuff, but there's different parts of this movie where it was like the scene in Anchorman 2 when they get the new Aussie owner and he's oh yeah. He gathers the employees around and nobody knows what the fuck he's saying. <laughs> there was a couple of times I was like, I don't know what they're saying. I I, I was gonna ask it. just about to ask you, did you struggle with any of the dialogue? Understanding the dialogue. Just hearing the words, like uh things like um like I had that written down earlier. Like it's gonna be a corker when Trev and Tony were talking shit to each other. Yeah, I think Trev says it's gonna be a corker, but you know I think I've heard that term before, but it it still sounded really funny to me. Mm. So I was like, is that just like it's gonna be a laugh riot or it's gonna be a party? It's gonna be awesome. a blast. No, it's gonna be a hit. It's gonna be awesome. Okay, corker. So yeah, just synonymous with it's gonna be a blast or something. Yeah. But yeah, there was yeah. definitely just entire paragraphs where i was like i caught like half of the words but <laughs> so i think that that did undermine my ability to i guess uh so you so what laugh. you're saying is eric you'd like those bruce lee uh style <laughs> uh, what they call them uh, uh tracks audio a- tracks ADR. done for the american audience <laughs> yeah adr for the american audience hey trev i'm gonna put you out of business like Is like it? Mad Max, put the American uh, track on there. Ooh. Yeah, mm. <laughs> let's <Most> translate it. <laughs> ridiculous thing ever. I didn't. I didn't think. Uh, I don't remember any places that I I thought were too difficult to understand. It's for the most part, I was fine, but there were certain scenes where I was like, I didn't. I didn't catch that, so I didn't know if I missed a joke or if I missed some of the exposition. But I was just like, ah, ah. Did you see the butcher in this? Mel the butcher. Yeah. You got the, the guy, the big guy, the handlebar mustache. Mm-hmm. It's Dave O'Neill, one of the writers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He might have been the one that's least uh, intelligible. He's the most authentic of the three of them as the butcher. Mm-hmm. Just the big guy comes out, having a smoke. Yeah. Yeah. So I say if this film is very Melbourne, it's, I'm not exaggerating. It's very Melbourne. It's- so. Like, you know, when you think about the U.S. and its accents with the Northeast, you got the Boston, you got a New York, Brooklyn, you got the South, the Midwest. Yeah. Is there a lot of uh, similarities with um, accents in Australia? You know, he sounds like he's from Perth or he's from Sydney or Uh, from the Northern Territory. Not brother. (laughs) When they say brother, (laughs) you know, (laughs) from the Northern Territory. No. Uh, Queenslanders tend to have a very bogan accent, if that makes any sense. <laughs> so I remember you explaining bogan to me, which basically was just like redneck here. Right, yeah, it, it, you can you can pretty much tell a Queenslander. I mean, I can I can look at one and just say straight away, I bet you they're Queenslanders, and nine times out of ten, I'm right. It'll say, oh, Gold Coast Queenslanders. Like, yeah, so they're okay. like your rednecks or your white trash, is what you're saying. Well, yeah. Yeah, not not it's related all, to it's... American terms, I guess. Yeah, like the Minnesotans of um Oh yeah. Australia. Mm. <laughs> no, we're the uh we're the polite what do you want to call it? I mean the Minnesota nice and all that, but yeah. no, I mean we definitely have white trash in Minnesota, but it's not something that we're known for, you know? Yeah. I know, I'm just joking. Rednecks. But... I mean, I'm from yeah. the, the boonies, so there are rednecks out there. There's people that wear cowboy hats, which not to say that all people that wear cowboy hats are rednecks, but there's that type of people. There's people that wear wife beaters all day, every day. 
you know, stained wife beaters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but no, Australia is, and it's kind of Western Australia can pick a little bit, but in in, in reality, no, it's not as uh, noticeable as the American ones. Okay, I mean, there's there's a real discernible difference between someone from the south compared to someone from you know New York, you know, the whole Brooklyn accent. It's I can pick them straight away. So, oh yeah, they're from. Carolinas, they're from Brooklyn, they're from Boston, they're from right. know, pretty good. I, I can in regional anyway. I can pick them. So let, you mentioned it earlier. Let's just get to the the bowling. I guess that's probably the next scene. You got moonlight bowling uh, here. Uh, we used to do it, but it was called cosmic bowling, where you had the, the lights were off. Mm -hmm. They had the the flashing lights, the multicolored lights would swing yeah. around. Popular music would be playing. Disco bowling. Yep. Yeah. Great yeah, still thing here. Love disco. Oh, yeah. uh, love cosmic bowling. Love disco bowling. Did you ever have the gutters? Yeah, you, know, you got the ball that goes in the gutter when you've mm -hmm. screwed up your shot. Do you have the uh, the bumpers they call them? Do you ever have the bumpers? Yeah, but that's just for little kids. I mean, yeah. technically yeah, you could kid thing. you could put them up for like if you're having a party yeah, there. That that is the walk of shame. Oh, can yes. you put the bumpers up? <laughs> you must suck ass at this game. Yeah, yeah, it's well, just for kids. Yeah. Although I they mean, try to make Dave look like he's a shitty bowler, but like he kept hitting the the seven pin just like perfect down the line, yeah. and that that takes a lot of skill to keep it in there. Oh, they <laughs> they totally made Dave look like it was crap, and Sonya was the one who was just you know blasting them pins all the time, right? But, yeah, whatever. Then she's like the fifth person to ask about his watch. Everybody yeah. cared about Dave's watch. Yeah, I don't know what the uh. The point of that was in the film didn't really make nothing sense really came of it. I mean, it was just like the same no, thing, it, you know. Well, it was yeah, more he's... of a relationship building between Sonya and Dave, right? Over I, a broken watch. Yeah, it was that Dave and Sonya thing. Sorry, Brett was really odd. It just didn't seem to click very well. Why well, they kind of implied that Dave wanted to hook up with uh, Trev? No, that was a joke. <laughs> that was a joke. Was it? <laughs> Yeah, that was a joke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you sure? Yes, it was a joke. That's why when he goes, oh, there's this guy who likes this person he works with, but he's, he's not talking about Trev's thing. It's about him, but it's actually about Sonia because she's you know a couple of doors down. And then he goes, and then Trev goes, oh, mate, I like you. And Nathan, uh, Dave goes, Oh no 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 no! That's that's yeah that's the real thing. He's he's saying he's trying in his own teenage way to say I like someone, but it comes out wrong. And Trev thinks it's about him, and he's going no 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 no! Don't mean that. So it's nothing to do about Trev. I'm not sure how long it is after the bowling scene, but I have a note here about the anti thrash. Sorry, the anthrash. Mm hmm. Because this would have been. This came out on three, so this must have been during the anthrax scare in the US. It was filmed in O filmed in O two, yeah. Because that was right around the time that anthrax was everywhere in the US, and we were all scared of getting anthrax because people were yeah. sending it in the mail, sending it to politicians, sending it to like they'd find it, like they'd find a white powdery substance in the locker room at the high school. Yeah. They have to be tested for anthrax. Tyrone Biggums was trying to sell it to the Arabs. <laughs> 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 Get that anthrax, it's the bomb. But uh, it was just seemed funny to me because like that seemed like a pretty specific, specifically American 
experience. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and thrash. Maybe they were just commenting on it at the time. Yeah, yeah. it was just a commentary piece. That's all it was. Just the. Oh, what the. Uh, no, I was, I was going to move on to the flashback to the summer of 85. Mm. <laughs> bullshit. Bullshit. I'll give you bullshit. Bullshit, you will. That is not how it happened. Bullshit. That is exactly how it happened. Bull crap. You have wronged me again and again. Like when? For starters? Yeah. The summer of 85. Oh, not that again. Oh, yeah. It was the summer of 85. It was hot. It was so hot you could fry an egg on the pavement. Did like that boombox has got the, the twin cassette player, of course. Was, now, now, uh, for recording purposes. Was the music playing in that scene actual popular music in Australia, or was that... Just like some uh, cheap library music they used for the No, movie. that song Bop Girl by Pat Wilson was a big hit around that time. That's what all made those, it funny. All those words you just said, I didn't recognize any of them. because <laughs> that, that what song from who? <laughs> Bop Girl by Pat Wilson. So yeah, you don't know it, you don't know her. That's good to know though. That's good to know. And if it's any help, I will send you the Spotify playlist I made of the soundtrack of this film. <laughs> you can pop it on your... So these are all kind of popular songs at the time. Um, just this one. Aussie in this songs. Scene. All the rest were newish songs from you know a couple of years earlier or a year earlier. But I mean, they were popular. They were known in Australia. Or were, um, they, or, or were they just cheap songs that they could use as background noise? No, the one the one with Dave at the start. Uh, sorry, with um Trev at the start, uh, where he's cutting the chips and you know placing the potatoes down his his undies. That was a big song. Um, okay. The one with uh, the other song with um, Tony. Uh, not really. That was sort of just made famous. Well, not made famous, but just known by the film. Um, but yeah, this this one, Bop Girl, one, yeah, I knew that from the eighties. That was a big hit. Okay, because yeah, the uh, we can talk about the, I guess a little bit about the production value of this film. You talked earlier about it was you know kind of a very small budgeted film. Mm. To me, this film seemed like a TV movie. It was like kind of all in pretty much all in one location, and then at the end, you could tell they spent a lot of money on that climax with the dragging the restaurant down the street and everything that that entails. Mm. But it just seemed like it was a TV movie or like a, like a two part season finale of a popular sitcom where they got an extra, you know, an extra mill on the budget to do fuck all, you know? Mm, no, I don't, I don't say that way at all, but like, that's what I'm saying. Like with the, you're saying that's a popular song. So then the music in this film must've cost them a little bit of money. No, it was all the songs were by uh, mushroom music the the big big label here who mushroom music i will say are very lazy in re-releasing their their back catalogs they mm. send tend to put out all the stuff in the 90s and then that was it it just uh as in uh putting out on the compact disc format they don't tend to re-release their stuff like other companies do so i got a problem with mushroom there that way but um but, but i mean from an american viewpoint you know you don't recognize the songs nah getting these songs would have been nah they would have been cheap i mean easy okay really okay yeah Even popular songs are cheap well bob girl by pat wilson that was done by her then husband ross wilson who's very very famous here uh okay. with um daddy cool who was in the 70s and then um mondo rock in the 80s which i prefer mondo rock more but they didn't really uh, break out internationally, did they? 
No, they didn't. But um, and that's why it would have been it would have been very cheap to get these songs. Okay. It would have been just yeah, twenty eight days. Who did the song that was playing over Trev? They're a local band here in Melbourne, and other songs. A song in the bowling centre that was performed by a band called Lash, an all girl band from Western Australia. That would have cost nothing to get that. It's all more promotional. Hey, we'll, we'll get your song. We'll pay this. It'll be in the film. I think that's one of the and differences present- between like American films and basically any other, you know, film released from any other countries. You know, the yeah. music that's popular here is generally popular in other places and very expensive. At least, the, obviously, everyone has their own tastes and whatnot. But I mean, if it's a big movie, it has big songs that are internationally known. I'll give you an example here. Uh, back in 2000, I was going to do a short film, just a, just a thing for 15 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to use a band called the Cosmic Psychos, who are very big over here, Melbourne band. But um, they were very big on the alternative scene. And one of the bands that influenced bands like L7 and um, the Melvins, who are from um, the US. And I thought, oh, there's three songs I want to use by the Cosmic Psychos. How am I going to get this? So... I actually just rang uh, the drummer, uh, Bill. His name is, I forgot his second name. And I just rang him up at uh, the bar he owns, the Cherry Bar, everyone knows that he runs that place. And missed him, but left a message and got a call back from him. And he goes, mate, you can use whatever you need from us. No charge. Just pop our name in the credits. So I'm not saying these films all get these songs for free, but it's not really... They're not Bands here are not that greedy where they're going to say, oh, we want $100,000. Right. Not that way over here. Maybe they're more willing to uh, cut a deal with a local production. Is what you're saying. Uh, you, well, you have to have a particular amount of Australian music in a film. I think it's 60% or mm, something. or 60. Okay. So you've got to use all the music. And that way that keeps costs down for a start. And it's just also promoting it's a little Australian different band. if it's an American tax shelter film, right? Like, Well, yeah, that's different. Something. Yeah, but they got more money to play with. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay, well, that, that makes a little more sense. Film filmmakers over here as well. Um, would we call that a scout. hometown discount here. Exactly. Well, over here we call it a five finger discount because we're paying nearly nothing for it. <laughs> we just a, a, a lot of filmmakers would just go to gigs here, or if they're in Sydney or whatever uh, state they're living in, just go see local bands and say, oh, "We like their music." We'll approach them and we we'll see, "Can we grab this song?" And we'll give you, you know, whatever the the sort of scale amount is they got to pay for it you'll find most bands will, will not turn it down they'll say yeah sure so that's how you get the music cheap and you, and you promote local talent and you get the music cheap everyone wins let's start to try and wrap up the story aspect of this episode we're not even close to being into this and we already let's start to wrap up the in. plot so let's i guess we can talk about the schemes they hatch to try and take down the burgies well, the next big one is going to going to Sydney to the headquarters. Hang on, I just I just want to backtrack to that scene in 1985. That Vince Colosimo doing that dance and that look with that mullet was a nod to him from his street hero character, which the film that got him big in '84. Okay. So I, when I saw that, I thought that was very funny because he's taken the piss out of himself by. Well, how old is he in uh, Takeaway? Uh. I think he was born sixty eight. I know he was really? about fifty. Yeah, so he would have been about. I think about thirty. 
34 when he did this? 35? Okay, that makes he looks about 34, but I'm thinking the 80s. I guess that's only you know 15 years before this. He was Street Hero. While you boys are talking, I'll look it up. But Street Hero, I'm pretty sure he was about 15 when he did because he was about 14 when he did moving out the year earlier. Okay, he okay. was born yeah. November of 66. Oh, 66. Mm. Okay. So he was street hero. He was about 18. Wow, he didn't look 17 when he did moving out. I thought he was about 14. Okay. 68. Okay, so 66. So yeah, about about 36 when he did this film. Because it was done shot in 02. Uh, one thing I wanted to point out, I think one of the low-key reasons that, Stu, you love this movie so much is the pinball machine in Trev's place. <laughs> You Playboy want that one. Playboy pinball machine, don't you? I want that out of order as well. I'll take it. I'll <laughs> fix it myself if I have to. So you'll fucking take it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It, you yeah, don't even have right. to fix it. You'll just like to put it there. That's as an accent piece to your living room. No. If I if it's in my house, <laughs> it's getting fixed. It's getting played. Why? Well, I, I tell saying... you one thing. I I tell you one thing. I do want though. And I've told my wife this. I said if we ever come into a a lottery win, I said. Those virtual pinballs, I don't know if you boys have seen them, they're, they're a full-size table and you can pick between 1,200 styles of pinball machines mm. and the whole thing lights up like it was a pinball back then. They are fucking insane. I've never seen nothing like it. They're about 15 grand, but boy. Why don't you just get an old pinball machine for like 800 bucks? They're not 800 bucks. They're about half of what the 15 grand is. If you buy it, for instance, Demolition Man. I used to like playing the Demolition Man pinball. My favorite was the Adams Family one, without a doubt. That was my favorite. Oh, one. I used to play that a lot. It was at the. Oh, uh, I love that. Pinball. I was at the bowling alley. I used to go to. Oh, okay. But I used to play the Demolition Man one for some reason a lot. I just I was attracted to the the, the colors and the lights, and um, to get one of those, I saw one of those advertised last year sometime. It was about seven and a half thousand. I thought, but that's on the virtual one I'm playing. I think there is uh, a kiss one here at uh, one of those pinball places I was telling you about. Yeah. A while back. Yeah. But um, no, there's plenty of pinball, like arcade games you can get on, on online on eBay and stuff for like around a thousand yeah. bucks. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I want one, I don't want to have a kiss one. I don't want to have a Playboy. one. It would be a pain a in the ass to get service because they're ultimately probably going to break down. Oh, of but, course. But the, if you ever look up the virtual just to get them, machines, it's manageable, but to keep them running, it, that's another thing. Yeah, not not yeah. so much the money, just the pain in the ass and trying to it's get the the upkeep, get the, the company to come out the those those tech companies to come out and service your pinball machine. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're yeah. putting a dollar and quarters in every time you play <laughs> a game, you know it pays for itself. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, you invite your friends over and have them pay to play it. Yeah. You can do that with the virtual ones as well, though. You can put a, a slot in there. Back in college, I was this close to buying a Golden Tee arcade game. Mm-hmm. I never obviously went through with it, but I researched a lot of it. I was like, God, this is very manageable, but <laughs> kept on coming down to when this thing breaks, it's going to be a big pain in the ass to get it fixed. What you need to do is get one that uses tokens and then get a token machine that converts <laughs> $1 into three tokens and then you charge five tokens to play the game. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Um, let's get back to the plot. Where are we at? Oh, just quick, real sure. quick. Uh, <laughs> because I've said that, I have to have my say. Just real quick. Also, the uh, reference to brushes 
for the beat the uh boom box was I, I liked that a lot because brushes was a big music chain here they're no longer um with us they've, they've now been shut down since the early 90s but am fm double woofers full dolby sound double cassette anti-hiss 149 dollars of brushes i love that beatbox more bullshit your bullshit, no, your bullshit. It was like a like a stereo store. Yeah, 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 okay. and a music store as well. And and when Vince Colosimo, Tony goes, one forty nine at brushes. I just laughed. I thought, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, it's like Sam Goody here, I guess. Uh, I guess no, so. Yeah, no more Sam Goodies. Yeah, yeah, brushes. I I miss that place and Allen's Allen's music as well. I can't believe you don't go to Lord Humongous's JB Hi-Fi. I think he doesn't have a JB Hi-Fi. He's just got a Hi-Fi store. Oh, it's not JB Hi-Fi. Okay. No, no, no. Either oh, God, way. Been there. you got to do it by appointment only. He's probably getting sick of Mad Max 2 fans coming down <laughs> going, Hey, Lord Humongous, I want a picture with you. Please buy some Hi-Fi. We are fucking on the picture, man. I'm sure he's got some fucking Tony dude working for him, managing it. Most likely, yeah. So speaking of Tony, what's his plan? I forget. What's Tony's plan to... Well, he didn't sure. really have a plan. He just listened to Trev's he, plan, and he goes, "That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard." Yeah, which was the plan to. Well, well, I thought it was Tony. Well, maybe it was Tony's idea to go to the. Uh, well, start the uh, the petition. Well, right? yeah, the, the petition. Yeah, but, his... Well, their, their plan was to go to Sydney. Okay, so we're talking about the Sydney part. Their plan was to go, go to. Yeah. Yeah, to go to Sydney. Him and Trev to, um, point out the fact that they're building the burgers there. There's too many people there, uh, too many burger shops there. And um, the C- that's when you have the CEO, John Howard, who is a um, very famous actor. Uh, must point out as well, all the actors in this film are from Melbourne, save for Rose Byrne, who's from Sydney, and John Howard, who's from Sydney. Mm. Uh, yeah, both Sydney actors, but all the rest are Melbourne actors. Yeah, so they go to uh, the Burgies headquarters. They... Uh, can't get inside. They get thrown out by the security guard. So they, they come across, uh, what's that? Bergy? What's his name? Bobby Bergy? Billy Bergy? Bar- something like that? Barry Bergy. Barry Bergy. <laughs> Barry Bergy. That's it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Freddie Fry. Freddie Fry, yeah. Yeah. And they get their costumes by uh, Tony offering them a thousand bucks to get the costumes. The guy who plays Barry Bergy is a comedian called Peter Rosethorn, who's very famous as well. So they get their costumes, they go inside, they manage to get into the CEO's office and they say about not getting that one built and the CEO goes, all right, we'll cancel that. Actually, we'll cancel all the ones and we'll tear down the ones I've already got. Taking the piss with them, clearly. And they get thrown out of there. Hi, I'm Barry Bird. Ah. I'm pretty sorry. No, no, Santa, that's okay. That's Barry Bird, the Burgalicious Clown and his little friend, <laughs> Freddy the Friendly Fry. Hello, Hi, fellas. We are not the Burgalicious Clown and his friend the Fry. Really? You could have fooled me. Ha! You're not at all, are you? Mr. Burgie, my name is Tony, and this is my friend Trevor. Right. We're businessmen like yourself. I can tell you a management material the moment you walk through the door. Yes, well, uh, I do own a medium-sized food outlet. Ever thought of a career with Burgies? Oh, well, our business is takeaway food, and therein lies our problem. Our problem? Oh, do tell. Oh, well, you see, Mr. Burgie, um, you see, we both own fish and chip shops very near, in fact, in my case, right next door to a site where you proposed to put a new Burgies. Oh, gosh, that's awful. Exactly. And while I welcome the healthy competition that a Burgies outlet would offer, 
My extensive knowledge of the area indicates to me that the community probably can't sustain three takeaway food outlets. So, in summary, we think that you should not open that, that burgies. Is that it? Thank you. Done. Sandra, can you cancel the building of our latest outlet at, uh, where is it? Got 462 Reserve Road. 462 Reserve Road. Actually, Sandra, can you cancel all new burgies currently under construction in Australia? No, make that the world. And while you're at it, close down all the existing ones as well. You're taking the piss, aren't you? By golly, you're quick. So there's that. <clears throat> and then we go into Trev's plan of just tearing down the burgies. We should mention as well that Dave Nathan Phillips has now moved over to burgies. He's working there mm -hmm, and seen as right. a trader. Brett, uh, uh, Ken, sorry, Brett Swain, the, the tow truck driver. Uh, uh, Brett Swain, a very, uh, very well-known actor and a real-life tow truck tow truck driver in his okay. early days before he became an actor also by this point the uh the butcher the butcher has uh closed up shop. oh yeah mel the butcher he's leased up he's like i'm off to work in the yeah. supermarkets there's more money in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no one's going to the butcher anymore they go to the supermarkets not now now they've all everyone's turned on the supermarkets here so they're all going yeah. to the, the local you know the whole the whole um the butcher has survived here as well like my my parents Good. get all their meat from a, a local butcher and We'll Good. get some uh, through relations uh, to them. But, um, yeah, the local butcher is still alive and strong. They'll, they'll never get phased out. And, and thank goodness, I never think they'll get phased out. There's too There's many people. Quality concerns with, you know, even the, the bigger chains. You, obviously, you can still get some good meat at, like, a grocery store. It's not the same. The, I mean, they have their own butchers. But, yeah, it's not the, it's not not the, same, the same. It's all, it's too streamlined there. My dad used to say when he was living here, he now lives in Queensland, but he used to say all the time, if you want the best meats, go to Italian butchers. Got to go to Italian butchers. They are the best. He swore by them. He would actually travel from his house, which is around the corner from the pizza store we're going to tonight, myself and my brother, to Mooney Ponds, which is about 10 minutes away. He would travel, doesn't sound like far, but he would actually go out of his way to go down there to this little place. I went with him once. Little, tiny, little butcher, but, man, the stuff they had was quality. Nowadays, I mean, I'm sure it was common long ago, since the dawn of time and meat, mm -hmm. but it's still even prevalent nowadays to go to a farm, make an agreement, have a, make a deal with a farmer, buy a cow, buy half a cow, and then you get all the meat... But you got to have somebody cut it. Yeah. Go to the butcher, have him cut it yeah. for you. And he'll package it, separate uh, separate all the meats, the steaks, the roasts, the ground yep. beef, the, you know, he'll do everything for you. Yeah. My parents sure. do that. Um, we have like my, my wife and some of the people she knows will go and do that. We haven't taken it to a butcher, which is kind of the pain in the ass, but my parents get all their meat from a butcher. But yeah, you go make your own deal. Don't worry about the cut out the middleman. Just go straight to cut, the source. Exactly. Cut out the middleman. Go buy a cow. Fill up the freezer. Last us a year. Fruit and vegetables. Go to your local uh, roadside or you know place. That, you know they sell tomatoes, lettuce, cucumbers, everything. Strawberries, apples, bananas. Go to them. You can. I I go to a guy uh, when he has them in season. He'll sell a box of avocado, a huge box of avocados for twenty bucks, mm. and you get like thirty. 
35 avocados in there. Those are friend prices. You go to a, you go to a supermarket, <laughs> not even comparable in prices. Yeah. You try to buy an avocado at a supermarket here, it's three, four bucks. For one? Mm hmm. For one? Yeah. Probably three. Wow. Maybe not, maybe not four. Two or three. And that's like, hey, we got a special on avocados. Two dollars for an avocado or something. Shit. You know? Yeah. It also depends on what the season is because when it's winter, you know, you're not, you got to get everything comes from Mexico, you know, and, and then it's, mm -hmm. well, you know, you the know? cartel, uh, Runs the avocado trade in America, right? Well, I mean, they got to hide their drugs somewhere. <laughs> mm. But yeah, well, it's crazy. I mean, they're only here about about ninety cents. So we have real winters here where you can't grow shit. Oh yeah, yeah. we we have stuff. we have winters, but we don't have the snow and the extremely <laughs> low weather drops that you guys have. Yeah, Do they have snow in the uh, northern territory? Nope. nope. Really. <laughs> Joking. Because it's cl close enough to the ocean that it keeps it. Well, I mean, oh, it's close to the equator, be, but. To be in the s southern half would get or it means yeah, the, uh, the center, I guess, of the. Uh... No. There's no. Because I know the southern country. half, you know, the, the, the water keeps it warm enough, right? But yeah. But maybe the, uh, the center part of the country. I mean, if you go in the alpine regions, you'll get snow, but boy, it's not like out in the so there's uh, like there's because i know there's it's mostly desert in the middle right mm -hmm. yeah since it's a desert there's not a lot of precipitation hence no snow but it gets cold enough for the snow right no nah. oh really we don't get we don't get zero degree the only place that would get zero degrees actually the only place that would do would be the the act which is canberra is the main see they get around zero degrees zero degrees celsius we got to make our celsius listeners. No, that yeah, we're Celsius. not talking Fahrenheit. I don't do a Fahrenheit shit. <laughs> yeah, you have to change the Celsius when I'm on. That's not not my issue. Yeah. Get you get your calculators out. But zero degrees Celsius. I wouldn't even know what that is in Fahrenheit. To be honest with you, but multiply 30, it by nine 32. fifths and add thirty two. It's, it's thirty two. Yeah. Oh, it's thirty two. There is it. Okay. Yeah, because that's the freezing point. Yeah, thirty two degrees. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So zero degrees, but Canberra is the only place that really get that. We've had a couple couple of days here in my time in Melbourne where it's gotten down to about one. But what can be what you boys have over there now? No, we don't get that. Stray's too hot for that. And when you said the Northern Territory, I thought I'm about to piss my pants. That place is fucking thirty degrees Celsius plus every day of the year, mm. winter, summer, spring, autumn. It don't matter. Suppose it's always stinking hot. Yeah. Real quick, back to the plot. I wanted to point out that Tony strategized by uh, learning from Anthony Robbins. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He modeled himself on Anthony Robbins with his uh, little collection another Tony of audio books. Yes. Which uh, Tony Robbins was huge back then. Like every mm -hmm. everybody was referencing Tony Robbins back yep. then. He was in Shallow Hell. I I meant to see that. I am not your god documentary. I, I I wanted to see it, but I'm still not seeing it yet. The one about with Tony Robbins, with his big ass teeth. Guys like Andre the Giant. Mm. He's massive. Mm. He's got to yes, be man. what six eight or something. Six He's six. A, they made the whole movie Yes Man about him. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are, nearly gone the whole episode without a wrestling reference, and you had to bring up Andre the Giant. <laughs> And it wasn't us either. It wasn't me or Brett. It was you. No. Although, Shocking. Uh, 
we could point out that uh, Daniel Bryan started doing the yes chant because uh, he got it from Tony Robbins. Uh, Diego Sanchez, the UFC fighter, was uh, really into that too. You know, he'd come out to the the cage and on his walkout, and he'd just go, "Yes, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes." <laughs> so they should have Tony doing that as he was walking into the the office. Yeah, unless it was trademarked, I don't know. Yeah, he trademarked the word "yes." Positive mental mind state. Yeah. All right, so their big plan is to go to Sydney and convince the CEO to stop making money, basically. <laughs> Which surprisingly doesn't work. <laughs> I like how easily they got in, in costume. Just like, oh, they have the costumes. It must be okay for them to go see the CEO, who is apparently located on the first floor of this high-rise building. Yeah. <laughs> Which you would never have. It would always be way the hell up. Right next to the front door. Yeah. But you had the, the, the secretaries who's sitting there going, oh, I don't give a shit. I'm not getting paid enough to stop this <laughs> this French fries and whatever the fuck the Barry Berg again. <laughs> well, they, they stopped them the first time. But I guess, yeah, once you put the costume on, you get free reign of the building. That's right. You're the, you're the, you're the face of Bergies. So who's <laughs> going to stop him? Then Trev has that nightmare of uh, <laughs> being in the Bergies commercial or whatever. And then mm. he gets turned into a burger. Yeah. They have that moment uh, the night before when they're going to sleep and Trev is like, I find you very attractive. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> There's some funny moments in here, but I, I did find it to be like a little juvenile. Well, juvenile, but too, you know, there's too far in between a lot of the, the jokes, I thought. It did seem every bit it's low budget, I thought. It wasn't a Netflix original with a big budget, right? Or Amazon <laughs> Prime original. It was a, made by a fucking country with 25 or probably 20 million people at the time with low money, and God forbid they try their asses off. Yeah. Without some conglomerate behind them telling them that you got, got to you got to put this in here and you got to put this in here. I'd rather have a small film company put in what they want without... Uh, inter- uh, interference by these big companies. Say what you want, but I, I bet you Happy Madison puts in more laughs per minute. <laughs> yeah, oh, but they also yeah. get yeah they also get like five hundred million dollars to make them. Yeah, yeah, they got a bit of money to play with. Uh, they probably spend more on catering to what these guys have for the whole film. So, well, they Happy Madison's whole the, the whole uh, reason for Happy Madison uh, existing is so that. Uh, Adam Sandler can write off his family vacations mm-hmm. as work expenses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's not stupid. He knows what yeah. he's doing. And truth be told, I'm not the biggest, I'm not as big a fan of Adam Sandler as Hunter is. Let's put it that way. I still like Adam Sandler, but it's like, or Walter. Walter is even a bigger fan than than Hunter. Every fucking Adam Sandler movie that comes out, five stars. <laughs> Jeez. It's Adam Sandler and Zach, right? Or uh, Zach Snyder with that guy. It's like, they're the I, best. Love, I love Walter and his views. But I think he's, and I, and I like Adam Sandler. It's, and I, I find him to be, uh, I find to be his talent somewhat wasted sometimes because I, I think he's a very good dramatic actor. 
when he takes on those roles. And I do like a lot of his comedies, but I'm like, fuck it. Come on. Ridiculous six. Come on. Let's go here. Let's, let's be real. I didn't like punch drunk love. I watched that once and I thought, I don't, I don't care for this at all. I to like me, it. it but I mean, I'm that's not... the, that's the most obscure PT Anderson film ever. I think. I mean, that's not a hill I die on, but I mean, wouldn't you say his performance is good in it? I don't remember it. <laughs> I, I watched it once. I thought this is absolutely forgettable. Uncut Gems. Did you like Uncut Gems? Didn't say it. That, I probably watched. That's a good one. Uncut Gems is good. You know what I probably did do? I probably watched Takeaway again instead of watching those. <laughs> <laughs> no, you should watch uh, watch Uncut Gems. Watch. Uh, watch you got to go in fresh. Summer. Uncut Gems, you got to go in fresh. Don't let mm-hmm. people tell you what happens in it. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what happens in it anyway, so <laughs> I couldn't even tell you. Anyway, getting back to this. How many times did Trev say, well, that's us, rooted. That was a very Australian saying. And then rooted, it became yeah. very, very literal at the end of the prison uh, cell. Mm. A couple of roots coming at you. <laughs> Which was strange. I don't know what, we'll get to that when we get to that shortly. But yeah, so anyway, the next plan is they get thrown out of the thing. Is the Sydney trip was a complete waste of time and money. They come <laughs> back and they hatch a plan to basically tear away the burgies. Grab Ken's tow truck, tie mm-hmm. up the burgies, and just pull it away. Which because okay. they got a man on the inside. Yeah, the, the yeah. final straw was the beef nuggets, and then Tony actually tried to eat some burgies, and they were just like, "We can't have this." Yeah, well, yeah, it did look like shit. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, those sad looking fries, and they they and... can't wait ten seconds for Dave to not sorry not Dave. Yeah, it is Dave. Dave to open the doors. Yeah. So what? Uh, Ken. Ken just throws the the garbage <laughs> to the door. Yeah. <laughs> I like when they're planning too. Dave is supposed to be the anonymous insider, and they get the bag out of head. <laughs> and they're like, "You don't know who this is." Yeah, yeah. All right. It's just... it's like, You're supposed to hide your voice. Yeah, Dave, hide your voice so we don't know who you are. <laughs> Turn the lights on. Like, He's going to be stuck in the freezer. Get in here, Dave. Get that bag off here. We know who you are. I kind of ask you, boys. You never use the word chips, do you? No. No. Not for French fries. No, no, no chips for yeah. for chips. <laughs> for potato chips in the bag. Potato crisps, yeah. as the Brits call them. Do you guys call them crisps? No chips. Too lazy. We just call them chips. So you call yeah. two different things chips. Well, why not? Well, I'm going to make up another fucking word. Just more. More shit to do well, with. Well, fries and chips are very different items. They're yeah, fries made from suck potatoes, ass. but they suck. Who the fuck <laughs> wants a thing, little tiny little French fry? It's shit. I want big ass chips. We're we're still not talking about the same thing. What, what are you talking about? Like po- potato wedges? What are you talking about? I don't I don't know what you, you're saying. Fries and chips are different. Yeah, fries are different. They're thin, right? Fries are thin, right? French well, there's fries. Lots of, there's lots of different kinds of fries. There's fries are fries. Thick. There's yeah. Uh, fries, fries are thin, thick. It is waffle fries. No, nah, see here, fries are just thin. That's all they are. No, really? here they're they're thick or thin. It doesn't matter. It's everyone has their own fries, and they they all make up their own sizes. Do you, do you have freedom fries? <laughs> <laughs> well, we did during uh, 2002. Oh my god! That was when the French were pissing us off. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, when I was in Austin, they had freedom fries. I said to my friend, "What the fuck are freedom fries?" They didn't really do. Oh, it, they didn't really do that in this area. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, Texas like the side that, that tracks, but yeah, yeah. No, the here oh, I'm talking about chips is the the crisps, as the Brits would call them, the little right. wavy, flaky. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, That's what we call chips. chips. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking. I know what you're talking about. Fries um, here, um, there's they're different. They all come in different sizes. You know, it depends on. Even curly fries are still called fries. My my favorite thing in reference to this is the Saturday Night Live sketch with John Belushi, where uh, everyone's coming. He's a, he's the shorthand cook. Everyone's coming. She's bugger. She's bugger. She's bugger. Yeah. And he goes <laughs> and the guy goes, "Can I have fries?" There he goes, "No fries, chips." I'm like, "Yes, it's fucking chips. It's not fries." Yes. Well, no. Some places will have instead of fries. Like they don't, mm. they don't have the deep fryer, so they'll right. give you chips. Give you a bag of chips. A, mar- a bag of chips instead of French fries. Oh, that's cheap. Some places will make they'll they'll ha- they'll, they'll they'll make uh, potato chips uh, as a specialty, like a house specialty. But they're yeah, still yeah. like potato chips. You go to Subway, they don't have fries. They don't have a deep fryer. They have deli right. meats and shit. So they'll yeah, get, yeah, you yeah. get bags of chips. Okay. Also, yeah. like it's a popular to-go order, not just like to-go or takeaway vans or food trucks or whatever, but other places too where they don't have deep fryers. It's just, you get a burger and chips, like not fries, chips on Sydney Road. <laughs> yeah, I bet you they have Australian chips, not American chips. Fucking nice. But there, there are some restaurants where it's, uh, chips or fries with your sandwich, right? You know. This, this so. is a this is a sketch that's gone out of fucking control for about five minutes. <laughs> but I still don't understand when you say uh, you know chips and fries are are different. Uh, or you, you you sound like you're describing potato wedges. No, no, no. So steakhouse sized chips, right? Big thick cut chips. Oh, I guess you call steak them fry. fry. Yeah, but we call them chips. We oh. just call them fries. But like potato wedges are like. I don't know how, how would you describe it? because the potato wedges are bigger than they call wedges. They call wedges. Yeah, we call them wedges. Yeah, yeah. So we, we managed but, to agree on that. The two countries managed to yeah, agree on that. Was like, we can we can we can get on board with that. We can just wedges is yeah. fine. So when you yeah. when you say chips, you're you're basically saying steak fries. Yes, not potato chips. Fuck potato chips. I don't mind like, them, but I'm not talking about that at all. Some like, of the around, some of the like, quote unquote chips in this film still looked pretty smallish. Like at the Red Robin. What, in the Burgies one? Well, yeah, obviously. Because he gone by the American style. Yeah, I mean, uh, Trev, was, he was cutting them fresh, you know. He was putting the, the potatoes through that little. Yeah, that, yeah, I've got one of those, but not that industrial size. I've got a smaller scale version of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're, they're handy, those things. But... Yeah. If you can call pubes and, you know, um, <laughs> jock itch all right. over your potatoes fresh, then yeah, they're fresh, I guess. Uh, so let's get to the climax. They pull the burgies, if you will, mm-hmm. and they just take it down the street. Trev didn't have a plan after that, right? Just pull no, it. No, just pull it, pull the thing, <laughs> and let's just see where we go. And there just managed to be a garbage tip nearby, and they just drive in there. Obviously, with garbage tips, you can't just get drive in there. You got to go through the the boom gate, tell them what you got. I know I've been there before to get rid of stuff. And what is a garbage? What is a garbage tip? What is landfill? Tip? Landfill. 
does tip stand for something or is it just yeah tip shit into it no that's oh true. Like, that, that's okay. true it's like okay. a yeah, dump just, we call it a, a dump. dump you know it's the garbage because you dump just, stuff into it so that makes sense tip stuff so into if, a dump if someone stuff says here we're going to the tip it's not we're going to a restaurant to tip some bastard we're going to the tip the dump stuff you're not going cow tipping no we respect our cows <laughs> we don't want to upset them by tipping them over you're gonna remember this the rest of your life. Can't believe you've never been cow tipping before. Get ready to live. <laughs> Shh, she's sleeping. What you do is you put your shoulder into her and you push. And they fall over. <laughs> it's a great time. Eric knows it. He grew up on a farm. Yeah. Although I never have gone cow tipping. Would you like to go root tipping and see how that works out for you? <laughs> I know that's not going to work out you, well. No, nah, it will we'll, we'll for them and not for you. Well, the you cows are very of... top heavy is the thing. They're, they're very thin legs. I was shocked <laughs> when you told me that kangaroo doesn't taste bad. It's nice. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Watching Wake and Fright, Donald Pleasance, you know, kind of lives off, off the grid by himself. And when... Mm. um. Gary Bond is the the lead actor, and he's staying with mm-hmm. him, and he kind of mixes up some roux for for him in the morning. He's like, yeah, "It's mm-hmm. okay if you mix it up with the." I think he puts a little ketchup in there. He's like, "It's okay if you mix it up with a little ketchup," like it's as this, hey, this is shit. Otherwise, like no, it's, it's he's making it. He made it seem like it was a almost like a, a redneck a, a bogan food, if you will. No, it's actually a delicacy. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I mean, watch Wake and Fright again. He makes it seem like it's just never like, seen it. Oh, never really? Seen it. Never seen it. Well, you need to. Why are all these Aussie classics you've never seen? Huh? All the ones that you guys make jokes about, I actively avoid. I don't make jokes. I love Wake and Fright. It's no, but it's all top twenty for me, like Wake and Fright. 10. So I just I put it on the blacklist. I'm not watching it. Sorry, it's out back. <laughs> so you go. You. Oh, I remember you in Wake and Fright. No, never seen it. So move on. I remember you telling me once this joke at my expense is over. So move on with the joke. That's why. That's why I don't watch these films. Wake and Fright. I love Wake and Fright. You know that Rayman. I heard you say that three times now. (laughs) Ted Kotcheff, first Blood director. You gotta. You gotta watch this whole filmography. Yeah, (laughs) first Blood. That's all I need to watch. (laughs) First Blood's a kick-ass film. All right. So yeah, they drag the burgies away to the, the tip. The landfill, whatever you want to call it, and manages to get it there. And then someone with a bobcat, we don't know who it is, just comes and smashes the shit out of it. The last note I wrote down was street directory. Like, you mean a fucking map? Because she gets in the car, or uh, who says it? Uh, do, you have, do you have a street directory? Like, Why she jumps map? in the car with the Burgies guys, I'd never worked that out what they were going with that. Yeah. Well, she gets in the car and she's dictating terms. Well, she's. Because Sonia says it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Amel- Amelways. So Amelways is a book, a big size book, which would no longer exist. It's, it's not needed. Obviously, we've got maps down on our phones, which I think are far superior. But do you, get, you guys call, you guys don't call them maps? You call them street directories? Yeah, street directories. Because it had every street, every bloody. Mm-hmm. Every piece of, you know, uh, I mean, I've heard that term I mean, here as well, but it's not very common to say street directory. It seemed 
too formal and too cumbersome, I guess. That would have been called a street directory strictly for a foreign audience. We would have just said Melways. You got the Melways. Melways? Melbourne, Melbourne. Melbourne. Oh, okay. Streetways. Yeah. Or um, so we just call the Mel. You got the Melways. We know what we're talking about. It's the book, and the Melbourne, you have to look up the street. The Melbourne streets. Yeah. Then you look up the street and you go, okay, we need to go to Smith Street, Collingwood. Okay, look it up in the back of the book. It's map number 37. Not to be confused with Milky Ways, which are not good. No, horrible. Horrible confectionery. So that's what, yeah, so the Melways was that, but they called it a street directory strictly for, well, an audience outside of Melbourne or Victoria. And, yes, so we get the... uh, Victoria Police show up, and they actually are Victoria Police vehicles. They're not uh, not ones. I didn't see any V8 interceptors in there. That's like talking to Hunter all over again. (laughs) Are you gonna laugh? Are you gonna laugh? (laughs) V8 interceptors. (laughs) It's the last of the V8 interceptors, isn't it? Bruce Spence. Speaking of which, I saw your post today about Bruce Spence. What I didn't see what you commented. I just saw that Bruce Spence. Oh, it was about Umbrella. Uh, Umbrella, the yeah, the Umbrella, the film company here that puts out all the home videos, have been really lagging behind in putting out Australian films. They were known for putting out Australian films, and they're just lately just putting out Korean and American trash and all that stuff. And I thought, I keep saying every month on their post, they go, "Oh, new releases coming," and they'll put question marks. They'll put question marks on um, the things and saying, oh, guess what's coming? And every month they just neglect Australian films. And I said about the Elven Purple trilogy, the Elven Purple, Elven Rides Again and Melbourne, Son of Elven. I said, why are you guys neglecting this, these, this series? This, this was a groundbreaking film. It's not great, but it's a, it was a groundbreaking film for its time mm-hmm. in 73. And um, Bruce Spence just liked my comment. That was it. Mm. So, yeah, that was that. Well, that's still cool. Yeah, even though he's a uh, nice badge of honor. Not really, because if you know about Bruce Spence and yeah, I guess I don't. Yeah. No, I mean I know it's... know him well from the Mad Max franchise and Ace Ventura when Na- Nature Calls. But <laughs> we're talking about outside of films, not in not in the films, outside of the films. Okay, Suppo- allegedly, 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 also. I should say that for legal purposes. <laughs> but, anyway, so Trev, Tony, and Ken are all arrested by Vic Pole and wind up getting three years uh, prison time. But they're they're let out enough to do the grand opening of their new joint mm-hmm. restaurant. Tony and mm-hmm. Tony and Trev's joint merger. Yeah. And then they squashed the beef between um their fa- their fathers before them, I guess. Over the pineapple. <laughs> yeah. Char- whether to charge ten cents for pineapple or make it standard. Mm-hmm. That is a contentious issue here still about do you put pineapple on the burger or not? The answer is no, you don't. Exactly. That was never a question over here. <laughs> what the fuck would you put a pineapple? Like I, I see why it's you know weird to put pineapple on pizza, but it's never even been a question of whether you put it on a burger here. You put a pineapple ring on the flat top. And no, you don't. I'll... <laughs> Shut up. You put a pineapple on the flat top and you grill it on both sides. And that's what they, I'm not saying, I'm trying to explain that you don't put a raw pineapple piece on it. You've got to cook it still. Sure. So I can very, kind of see very that. Very uncommon almost. here. Pineapple on burgers is very uncommon. Do you know, what the, you know what the number one ingredient in South Africa is on a pizza? 
Here's a fun fact. You'll be shocked when I tell you. Kruger rant. No, seriously. We know what the number one ingredient is on the pizza in South Africa. No. Watermelon. Huh. On a pizza. Yeah. No yeah. comment. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No comment. No, I mean, I, it does make a little more sense that it's grilled, but still. So I guess it's just like a, like almost like a sweet pepper. Because there's yeah. some peppers that are, you know, a little sweet. And you can kind of put them on burgers. Pizza, like which is what we and my brother get all the time as an extra. Get them peppers on there, mate. Like the banana peppers That's or something? Um, No. No, 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 no. Not the banana peppers. But anyway, let's move on. So I have got uh, a pizza run in a couple of hours. <laughs> and other yeah. shit to do as well. Oh, yeah, that done. does. Uh, I think that takes us to the end. Well, Burgies gets the contract to feed all the prisoners. That's right. <laughs> that was a good twist as well. <laughs> and then now, they bring why... in those those two giant guys to come and rape uh, Trev and Tony. I never got that joke. I thought if they had brought in a couple of guys who were you know rather effeminate looking and acting, okay, that would have made sense. But they brought in the two big guys. Thought, all right, because you're supposed to think, oh my god, they must have huge cocks. This is going to be but, terrible for really. Them. That's the thing. The big guys turn the the little weak guys into their bitches. They turn them out, as they say. Then we have, uh, yeah. Then we have uh, Tarquin has now become the manager. Oh, sorry, the manager of Burgess is now running up the Krishna place, <laughs> yeah. and uh, Tarquin is now running. What was he running at the end? Well, he was just like the he he took the place of the former Burgess manager. That's right. Yeah. Sashin, you can't cook the lentil until you know the lentil. I'm sorry. Peace. Love. <laughs> <laughs> this did remind me slightly of Good Burger in places. No, uh, this film. You but... actually seen Good Burger? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love Good Burger. I think it's a pisser of a movie. Oh, man. <laughs> I've not the seen sequel? the second one. No, not yet. <laughs> I've heard horrible things about it, yeah. but I do want to see it. All right. Um, so that's it. They they go to prison and the film ends. And then you get the credit sequence. However, on the DVD, there is an alternative credit sequence. On the on the normal one, it's just the black screen with the white writing, white writing that goes straight up. Here's a fun fact. On the alternative one, on the DVD, you have that starts off, then the credits shift to the right, and you have a... Uh, square on the left hand side and it is uh, seven of the main actors outside their favourite takeaway places in Melbourne and they uh, show you what they are and I've written them down, you have Nathan Phillips and unfortunately you're going to see a pattern with what I say with this, first off you see Nathan Phillips who played Dave, he's outside Mexicali Rose in Swan Street Richmond uh, unfortunately that place is now permanently closed, next you get Tom Budge who played Tarquin, outside Abbey Sellers, the bottle shop on uh, Victoria Avenue, Albert Park. That place is still open. Next, you get Vince Colosimo. Uh, Mexicali Rose, I should say, never ate there. Abby Sellers, never been there. Vince Colosimo is outside, who played Tony's outside Danny's on Brunswick Street in North Fitzroy. That place is still open. I've been there. That place is out fucking standing. There are burgers in there. I, I love Danny's. If I, get, if I get a burger, I'm going to Danny's. I'll travel even for it. Mm. Um, Brett Swain, who played Ken, the tow truck, tow truck driver, He's outside Parade Seafood, um, which is a fish and chip shop. 
Where it is, though, I couldn't spot it. I'm guessing it might have been Civic Parade in Altona or maybe Marine Parade up in St Kilda. I, I couldn't spot that one. It's the only one I couldn't find where it was. Uh, Dave O'Neill, who played Mel the Butcher, he is outside. He's actually inside on his one, Marcia Kebabs in Footscray. Uh, that place is still open, and I have eaten there, and they are fucking unreal. That is the place for kebabs. Uh, Eric, when I sent you that picture of the Ethiopian restaurant uh-huh. uh, through the week, I was that's actually in Footscray. I was in Footscray to okay. go to Amazi Kebabs to grab something for dinner, but they're shut for the Christmas break. They actually opened, reopened. Uh, well, they reopened on the fifteenth of January. Sure. So, um, yeah, they were on their Christmas break. So I went there, but they were shut. But that place is definitely still open. Coming down to the last two, we get down to Matt Dickstinsky, who played the Burgies manager. Uh, he's outside a Vietnamese restaurant called Oz Viet on the Pien Highway, Moorabbin. Uh, unfortunate place is permanently closed. And finally, we get Rose Byrne, played Sonia, outside Archie's Pizza and Fitzroy Street, St. Kilda. And that place is permanently closed. So out of the seven, four of them are gone, mm. which is a damn shame. Okay, every place can't survive. I understand that. But man, it's just sad to see places shut down. Yeah. Well, pandemic ruined a lot too. <sighs> Don't even get me started on that fucking asshole. No. Yeah. Saw too many places shot. I guess before we get into uh, maybe one or two more fun facts, we could uh, we could rate this thing. Unless there's anything else you want to bring up about the film. No. Anything else you can do to no. change our minds? No, it's not going to happen. I'm wasting my time <laughs> doing that. It's obviously cemented. This is not going to be an... Uh, a very pleasant one from you boys, but no, nothing more I can bring up. Uh, okay. I do enjoy this a lot. I have seen it many times. I'll watch it maybe once a year, I'd imagine. Okay, well, well let's do uh, both rating systems. Let's do one out of ten as the MMC mm-hmm. does, and then uh, our rating system. So, a stew, right. what would you give it out of ten? I'm going to give this a, a nine and a half <laughs> out of ten. <laughs> Nine and a half, okay. And an ASAP. As soon as possible. As soon as possible. If you can find it, good luck. Uh, <laughs> it's it's only available on DVD. It hasn't even gotten a high def release at all over here. Yeah. Just, uh, unfortunately, the film of the double O's, the Australian films of the double O's, have just come Part to Part of DVD the digital revolution. Language. Yeah, but they haven't done nothing to sort of, you know, re-release them and give them a sort of Right, you know, you make over, but this this release. feels very much of its era, the late nineties, early two thousands. Oh yeah, very, the very much. early aughts digital look. Yep, very much. Okay, so nine and a half and an ASAP, Brett. What say you? I, I give it a three out of ten and a last resort. That's a last resort. This is. I I agree with you with the last resort. I initially gave it a, a two and a half on Letterboxd, which would be a five. Can't remember if I changed it or not. I'll say, I'll say four. Four out of ten. No, let's, I'll, I'll, I'll go back to five. You convinced me, Stu. It's a five out of ten. No, you just shit scared. I'm going to tell you to fuck off or something like that. <laughs> no, because Brett which already I'm not gonna, scored a I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. You know, you're wrong, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Dude, if, if you if you've come back this many times, I don't know what's gonna keep you away. 
<laughs> I'm a Scorpio. We hold shit in. I'll just sit there one day and explode and go, fuck them. Never again. Well, once in a while, no. we do cover a film with you that you do enjoy. Like Repo Man, you unexpectedly enjoyed, right? You weren't expecting yeah. to like Yeah, that, that was one I did no idea what I was in for with that, and I really enjoyed it quite a bit. And you had a very strong reaction to Sleepaway Camp. You hated it at first. Now it's kind yeah. of, okay, no, it's you'd, all right. you'd watch it again. Yeah, um, definitely. Definitely like it more than Crocodile Dundee or Die Hard 2. <laughs> oh. What was there was another Boy, one that you, a... you're on that you fucking hated pieces pieces. Oh yeah, you didn't like that, but I'm thinking more before that was just us. It wasn't the rest of the MMC. I swear there was another one you came on for and you're like, God, I don't like this one either. <laughs> mm, I don't know. But Terror we train? do uh mm -hmm. appreciate very much that you come on and talk about movies that you fucking hate. <laughs> well, you know. There's going to be some I enjoy where I'm going to be disappointing, but. Or, or even talking about movies that you love and we hate. Hey, which, we'll take you anyway we can get you, okay? May Just not happen it. again, but. Uh... <laughs> oh, it's going to happen again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> clearly, <laughs> clearly so, two different groups of people here, so. So we get Freud and you pick the movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, every other time I had to go buy your one. That's so true. I thought, well. This is true. I tried to uh, shoehorn in the Australia Day thing in by having an Australian movie. I mean, I could have done other ones, but honestly, the films I, the Australian films I watch are very Australian. So you're really going to get the same. You might, you'll get some you might enjoy a little bit more, but in terms of struggling with the language and the, and the Australian dialogue, yeah, you're probably going to struggle just as much with other films. This one's not uniquely different to the, to them. Well, Stu, I'm not sure when you'll be on again, what movie we'll do, but I do have a feeling that you'll come on for the movie I picked for the, the my birthday pick. Mm. You know, Brett and I, we get to pick whatever movie we want. So if he wants to pick Norbit, he picks Norbit. But mm, I'm Eric, thinking of... Eric wants me to pick Norbit. He, he's just <laughs> like, this is the whole reason he came up with the idea. He's like, we're... <laughs> I want to do Norbit, but I don't want to be the one that picks it. <laughs> so, still got my HD DVD of that, of Norbit. <laughs> there you go. That's better than me. I just got the regular DVD. I haven't upgraded. No. Oh. Uh, for my birthday pick, I'm really seriously considering doing Hot Dog the movie. And I know you are a fan <laughs> of such God. film. No, I'm just, I, I just like Shannon Tweed's tits. That's the thing. That's I it. know. <laughs> You know, you know, you're such a huge Kiss fan. You know everything about Gene Simmons yes. and his wife, well, Weed. So maybe you could uh, come on and provide some insight. Maybe uh, some not hot really. dog the movie insight. I would be just as <laughs> no more, no more uh, information based on what you you guys will be. I'll do it. Yeah, sure. I'll come on for that. Been a long ass time since I've seen it, but um, yeah, about yeah, the uh, I think it's from did Synapse Films release it. I forget. I got a new Blu-ray uh, last year. And it looks right. fantastic. Okay. Okay. But um, yeah, that's I I, right now. Right. I think that's what I'm gonna do. So, all right. If you're willing to come on for that? We'd love to have you. David Norton from American Wheel. Yeah, that's yep. right. yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Yep. Yeah. There's some breathtaking skiing scenes. I tell you what. I know I liked up the creek back then. I don't know about now. Oh, with uh, Tim Matheson. Yeah. Yeah. And um. That was just there's there's ample uh there's an ample amount of tits in there, but yeah, I remember no. not really caring for it. But and a good and a very cool cheap trick song. 
the title <laughs> track. The song All they right. hate with a vengeance. <laughs> uh, could you tell us about what's coming up with MMC? You talk about uh, 2024, turning over a new leaf and releasing more well, episodes that, in 2023. That's what we said. Whether it happens, yeah. that's another story. I mean, uh, you talk. got something you're going to record in, uh, anytime soon? No, I'm, uh, well, I've taken pretty much all of January off, but although okay. there is something I have got, which I did on my own, mm. which is about Melbourne, very much about Melbourne. Uh, you get an insight into Melbourne into the 90s in the uh, sort of period of Melbourne between 96 to about 99. Nice. I've done. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of music in it. A lot. A lot of music in it. So it'll run a while. Good few, good few hours to run, and perhaps basically, soon. Go ahead. And basically, it's just an insight to what my hedonistic lifestyle was in the, <laughs> that era, which was shit. <laughs> it was bad. Perhaps soon we'll uh, record season two of Mirrorball Movie Cowboys. Maybe yes, finally, yes, you keep uh, asking. Soon. We will soon. It'll be coming sometime. I don't know if it's soon, but it'll be coming. We got the three episodes for that season mapped out, right? Yep. Yeah. And I got plenty more for are? future seasons, even. I should tell you say what, what they are in store. Uh, well, for for future seasons? Not after the one oh. we're going to do. Oh, um, uh, thank God it's Friday. TGIF. Mm-hmm. Is it? Uh, sorry, uh, Skate USA. Skate Town USA. Skate Town USA. USA. Yeah. And um, what was the third one? Shit. What? Forget now. Can't stop what the music. Can't stop the music, of course. But oh. I think we kind of, uh, when we were talking with John, I think we were going to let the MMC not happening. that. Cause Don't worry, not happening. Never going to happen. John, John wants to have uh, his friend, the, the, the one that you had on previously. Uh, oh, John's Dan. Friend. Yeah, Dan. Yeah, Dan. He that would be good, actually. Him on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it would be a great episode. Yeah, actually, that's not, not a bad idea, actually. So let's, do that. let's hope that the MMC does that soon. May, maybe have a new rock month. You do cock month this June. Do Can't Stop <laughs> the month, Music. Yeah. And um, yeah, have Dan on, and uh, I will listen and enjoy. And we'll do a, a different movie. For I got plenty of... We could do The Apple or something. Oh, no. I need to sit through oh, that. no. Roller Boogie. We're going to do Roller, roller Boogie. Roller Boogie was yellow. Yeah, Linda Blair, right? As I bought that on Blu-ray for just that purpose. Yeah, Roller Buggy. Yeah. That was the third one. When she, that was uh, coked out Linda Blair, living yeah. with Rick, Rick James at the time. <laughs> Boy, that's a good choice in men right there. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else you want to plug? No, no. That's oh, about it at the moment. I should say there is one or two fun facts. Right. Hey, everybody. Here's some fun facts. So I guess you could uh, confirm this, to. The shop front at which some scenes were filmed is actually a real shopping strip of about five shops in Alfington, Melbourne. Yes. However, on the opposite side of the road is a railway line and train station, so a burgies cannot actually be built. Yes, that's correct. You would know all about that. Yes. Uh, the director and producer of the film, Mark Gracie, plays the voice of Freddy the Fry in the film. Yes. And uh, uh, Mark O'Toole plays the stoner. when they When they go... And hand out the pamphlets to various people. Uh, the guy who's the stoner with the dreadlocks—that's the writer, Marco Tool. Oh, oh, and that—that the, the, wasn't the guy from Black Crows. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, everyone's a joker. 
Here's another fun fact. The last one I see here is uh, Michael Veach played Freddy the Fry in the first part of the movie, but due to scheduling problems, he was replaced by, quote, Peter Rosthorn. No, no, Barry. He played Barry Berge initially as uh, not Peter, not Freddy the Fry. He played Barry Berge, uh, but he was only available for one day. They needed more shots of Barry Berge, so they got Peter Rosthorn, who was much taller than Michael Veach. Okay. Michael Veach is a very famous comedian here as well. Hence why Barry Berger looked a lot tall because Peter Rosthorn's a very tall man. So. Well, then I will give this item in the trivia a thumbs down. <laughs> Two out of four now found this interesting. It's inaccurate. Helpful. It's not interesting you, anymore. It's helpful. Is it helpful? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is still as interesting in mine. Oh, I'm on the, uh, the desktop version. It says helpful now instead of interesting. <laughs> All right. Well, I didn't know we could talk this long about takeaway, but we did. It would have been longer if I didn't have to go out for some takeaway. But... <laughs> I got my brother messaging me going, where the fuck are you? <laughs> it's always a blast when you come on. So thank you so much. Uh, be sure Jeez. to subscribe, rate, and review uh, Midnight Movie Cowboys. They will be more regular this year, so they say. They just had an episode yep. come out uh, a few days ago, so they're well on their way to doing that. We're going to put out on our fiber, so more regular indeed. I don't know how you get. I don't know how you're going to do it because Hunter's watching more wrestling than I am these days. <laughs> so I simple. Don't know. We'll just review wrestling. <laughs> I, I guess you want to so. watch wrestling. We'll have to review it. We'll drag Brett on for that one. There you go. Like a seven-hour episode. <laughs> Problem is, I'm perpetually like three weeks behind, and then I binge it like the week or two before the pay per view. Yeah. Then you got some catch up, haven't you? I do, because the Royal Rumble's coming up. That thing's still going. Royal yeah, Rumble's... the Royal Rumble's huge. They got it <laughs> at the uh, Tampa Bay Baseball Stadium this year. Mm. Then they're going to your neck of the woods. They're going to Perth for the February. No, it's nowhere near me. Man, get your map out and read it properly. It's nowhere near me. It's way the, the hell up the other side of the country. It's in the same country. So It's in the same country, but it's nowhere near me. It's like saying uh, Chicago's near you. Is Chicago near you? I mean, it's uh, like the, five hours away. On, depends on uh, what you're comparing it to. Let's say no, no. Let's say um, New York. What's the top end of New York? What's that area called? Buffalo. Let's say Buffalo is near you, right? Well, Buffalo is like west of New York. I don't care where it is, but I'm just saying it's far away from you, right? Yeah. So that's the equivalent well, of Perth to me. Yeah. But if we if uh, something uh, internationally was coming to town. You it travel. doesn't usually run in the U.S. If it's relatively no. close. Well, Perth's not relatively close, and I'm not traveling. If it comes to Melbourne, I may go. If it isn't, I'm not going to go. It's right. very it was, simple. You know, WWE hasn't been there in six years, so to Australia. Yeah, but it hasn't been very good for the last 20 years, really, or the last 15, let's say. Now, if AEW came to Melbourne, I would seriously look at going. Yeah, I, I don't. do they run down there on TV? No, they don't because they don't have a streaming service still. They still haven't signed up for a streaming service, which is insane. Well, they haven't done that. Yeah, well, 
I mean, the Khans have got money. God damn, get a streaming service happening for the rest of the rest of the world. Doesn't Fight TV work down there? With a VPN, I guess. <laughs> but not normally, no. Because they they stream stuff uh, outside the US. Hmm. I don't know. I don't, I I really I don't watch a great deal of TV, and I don't subscribe to forty two different <laughs> things. I ain't yeah. spending that sort of money. No one I have the the, uh, the t- t- torrents are available to me. But but I think uh, Fight.TV carries it outside the US. But you you probably have to pay for a subscription to that. And, and I just said I'm not paying for it. I know. I know what you said. But yeah. <laughs> you said it doesn't stream down there. How much commission do you get from Fight.TV to sell subscriptions? Right. I get nothing. This is the first time I've ever told somebody about it. I've never had the occasion to promote it before. This this is this is uh what you get for giving a, a great Australian film three out of ten. If Stu Ow. can't if Stu can't steal it on the torrents, it ain't worth watching, right? That's right. If it ain't worth stealing, it ain't worth watching. That's my motto. I'll put it on the side of my van. If it ain't worth stealing. then again, I'll have the cops on my fucking trail as well. All right. Let's see in this episode. Uh, thank you again so much for coming on. It's always a blast. Brett, where can people support the show financially if they feel so inclined to get some lovely merch? You can go to wtmwatchthismovie.creator-spring.com. You can email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. You can follow us on x slash twitter at watch this underscore movie or bread at positively wolf one, which is also his letterbox profile. Mine is under Eric underscore Mulder. Please rate and review anywhere you listen or download this podcast. We will and check you later. Tell and tell these boys how fucking wrong they are about takeaway. <laughs> there you go. Enjoy our back catalog too. <laughs> Come on, Australia. Give them some fresh hell. Hey, uh, we'll be getting a lot more downloads re- uh, recently because uh, we just reposted that Dead End Driving episode. So, I think that's the one that kicked off the uh, the Jason uh, saga in 2018. The Jason Dead saga. End Driving, because he mentioned that uh, at the end of that one, he said he hated old movies. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what kicked the whole thing off. Here's one more fun fact before we finish up, just real quick. Takeaway runs 88 minutes. This episode, nearly three hours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, You're welcome. <laughs> we'll check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you about? later. Check you later. <laughs> hey, man, you're off my case. Gentlemen, consider yourself digested.